talk about comic books. We don't talk about wrestling. We don't talk about comic cons. We don't talk about pop culture. Don't talk about Star Wars. Click boom. Welcome to another episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will. I get the honor and privilege today to talk with some friends about Encanto. But the question then comes, who am I getting to talk with? Introduce yourselves, friends. Okay, I'll go ahead and go first. It is, of course, me again, Jingles Roscoe of the Roscoe Brothers. Smiter is on off on assignment, uh, but he really wishes he could be here. But I'm not alone. He's studying the Encanto. He's studying the Encanto. <laughs> he's becoming the true Encanto. Um, exactly. <laughs> and as you can hear with us, we have our dear friend again, the ultimate fangirl herself, Bino. Hello, I am Bino. All right. <laughs> so, we, it, and, and I was just going to say, so is Smider officially trying to become a member of the Madrigal family? Is that what's going on? Is he working to get his gift? Is that the plan? Mm -hmm. I think the he's just gonna have to marry into it somehow. Yeah, you know, that's I think what, that's the best uh, he's gonna Pierce get. And Augustine did. Mm -hmm. So he's he just did. gonna have to marry into it somehow. But I uh, think if he marries into it, he's not gonna get a gift. Oh, but maybe yeah. his child will. Maybe maybe, maybe his child will. will. Maybe Hopefully. the child will. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna break this down into basic three steps to help everybody kind of keep up. Uh, we're going to go into the story, we're going to go into the music, and we're going to talk about the fandom. But I do need to say thank you to a bunch of people. Uh, if you are listening to this on Good Pods, I want to say thank you uh, because we got ranked this week as a pop culture podcast. Oh. I don't have the exact ranking in front of me for Good Pods, but if you're on Good Pods, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to us enough that we got ranked, and I think it's ranked within the top 50. Yay! Uh, pop culture podcast for the week last week so i think that's pretty awesome but it's not about me in this case it's really about you guys so thank you for listening thank you for sharing it thank you for getting it out there thank you for the little bit of interaction i've been able to get and i'm working on doing more so that i can interact with you guys more on good pods if you're on there continue to leave the reviews continue to you know talk with me on good pods because believe me when i tell you i want to hear from you so don't don't stop don't stop uh, sharing it because we're going to be talking. And I've got some cool opportunities in the future. I was on a couple of uh, podcasts for Movie Numbers Unite podcast a couple of weeks ago as well. Got to talk about um, the fourth season of Cobra Kai as well as we got into uh, the Eternals uh, movie. I was not a fan of it. There was another person on the side that really wasn't a fan of it. I kind of realized how much... While I didn't like the movie, I didn't hate it nearly as much as he did. So, <laughs> he hated it hard. Seething hatred. Yeah, it was like almost, it was like the difference between like Kylo Ren and like the Palpatine. Oh, Loves weird. hate. Yeah, like I was like Kylo Ren and so they go, wait a minute, I don't hate it this much. Like, dude, you, okay, you hate it that much on your own. Like, I can't go with that part. <laughs> with you. you hate it on your own time. We're here and just mildly hate it. Exactly. So anyway, so but we're here to talk about but I just want to share that information. Appreciate you guys going out there. I believe we're going to be getting some people from the two blurred girls podcast on in the near future, as well as john who's the host of the movie lovers unite podcast on we'll be talking with them in the future. Yes, so Anyway, so here we go, though. Let's start with the story of Encanto. I, I'm gonna say this right off the bat. I didn't think I would enjoy this as much as I did. I really didn't. 
But the fact is, I did enjoy it a lot. Like, uh, I really enjoyed yes. this movie, first of all. I enjoyed the story, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit. So, first things first, uh, just, I'm going to open the floor here. What did y'all enjoy about the story of the, sh- of the movie? You want to go first? Oh, I would love for Bino to go first. All right. I think what I love most in the movie is the portrayal of, and I actually did research for this, I looked up different people's, like, reviews about it, and a lot, and a thing that a lot of people seem to agree on with this movie is the way that they portray what's called generational trauma, and mm-hmm. basic way to explain that is just, I, of what Abuela went through when her husband passed is kind of... It were not kind of, it was extremely traumatic for her, and because of that miracle, that encanto that they were given through the candle, she's kind of like had to keep that standard of we have to protect the people around us, and has been pushing everybody else in her family with those powers to be their absolute best, and if they're not their best, then they're not worth it. We can kind of see that if we look at uh, Luisa and Mirabel. Mirabel especially, because throughout like, most of the movie until the end, Abuela does not seem to be very supportive of Mirabel and the fact that she does not have a gift. And mm-hmm. Luisa is... Well, goodness gracious, Luisa, I'm so sorry! Because <laughs> she gets... She's so pushed, because I feel like she and... um Oh my god, what's her name? Uh, Isabella. They're pushed mm-hmm. the most out of anyone, because I think they're, like, the oldest out of all of them. I could be wrong. I think that's... I think that's correct. They they're pushed their absolute hardest out of what I would say almost all of the Madrigals. They are pushed the hardest, and Luisa has to hide all of that because she's the eldest sister. We learn all about that in her song, which is a generally one of my favorite songs in the film. Mm-hmm. They, she pushes herself so hard, and she has to not let anyone see about that because it's going to make her weak. And it's because of that, or it's because of that pressure that Abuela puts on her that pushes her to be that strong. And Isabella is pushing herself to do what's right for the family, like Luisa is, and that means marrying um, what's his face? I don't know. He didn't have enough screen time, and I don't really care. <laughs> he didn't have enough screen time. He wasn't that important to the they story. They say his name in, in. We don't talk about Bruno, but I I keep forgetting it because he's he's just. He's just a Latino hot guy, and I don't care. Oh, Mariano. I had to Mariano. remember the lyrics again. Yep. I thought it was Antonio. No, no and Mariano. Antonio's the, the small one the, one, that, the one that got his gift. Yeah, best like, boy. Hashtag. Actually, hashtag best boy, Antonio. Best boy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's generally what I think was most well portrayed in the movie was that generational trauma and the way that it affected it, all of the characters. And the characters are phenomenally written, by the way. Mm-hmm. They're phenomenally yep. written. Love them. Yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. I, I yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't do anything but agree with that. I really can't. That's really awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. What is all of your favorite characters? It's all of my favorite characters. Uh, Jingles. Yes. Uh, so, uh, man, there, yeah, there was so first. much I really, really liked about uh, this movie. Before we move on to characters, um, yes. The the visual style is something that I really, really liked. Uh, I was noting to Smiter after we got done watching it um, and and some of my other friends that I was just kind of talking to about it. um, I've been watching so many like 
big movies lately. I mean, uh, I've been following every new Star Wars thing and every new Marvel thing. And each of those have like big giant events that they have to try and like protect or prevent or something. But this story was a very small scale story and it had to do with a family and like the local community around the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was like refreshing to have just like a small scale story again, <laughs> because everything that I've been watching so far has just been all like, Oh no, if we don't hurry, the entire world's going to break in half. And, or, or, or a Titan's going to come out of the ocean and it's going to be, it, it, it's going to break the world or whatever. And, um, it was, it was very satisfying to, to see a smaller scale movie. The visuals I thought were outstanding. The animation with Disney has always been the most top notch. And yes, this, this movie is unbelievably well animated. Um, but the the characters don't do anything i would say super incredibly fantastical um i mean each of them have like special abilities and stuff but yeah. it's stuff that i don't think would be too far off from a live action movie to do um yeah and actually as i was watching well not as i was watching it was afterwards i was i watched the a video that showed like the choreography for we don't talk about bruno and and the choreography for that and i was like hold on a second this could very easily be done on stage. Like And Godzilla the musical? Question mark? Question Lin Manuel Miranda, get on that. I was like, Lynn, did you do that on purpose? Is that maybe? Because I mean Disney has a few musicals on Broadway already. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> and it's a very um it, it's done where it's just like not super over the top, right? Um yes. and one of the things that uh, a lot of people have praised, oh, here we go. I get to mention it first, praised Hamilton for was, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, was the fact that um, it's a, as far as Broadway productions go, it is absurdly low budget and simple. And mm-hmm. this Encanto, if they were to make that into a Broadway musical, could also be done in a very inexpensive way that would yeah. save a lot of money. And the one of the big reasons why Broadway costs so much is because so many of those productions have so many special effects and so much money. Big that giant to... fancy sets. Exactly. But, I mean, Hamilton, it's one set. They just kind of dress it up a little bit differently. And it's not a huge set, at least the one that I saw uh, when they recorded for Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah. And it's so not a big they, set. yeah, and they could do that again for Encanto if they wanted to. Not I'm right. saying that that's going to happen, but it might happen. Um, we uh, don't know what Lynn's going to do right now, if, or knows. even if we're going to get a live action Encanto, because I've heard that he's working on the live action Little Mermaid for the music. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that yeah. means that it's going to be good. It um, better be. <laughs> <laughs> well. There, there's a whole another controversy about that movie, but uh, really? we're not going to get into that today. Uh, yeah, it involves that main actress who's playing Ariel. They're all like, I don't understand why they're making her Caribbean in black. That doesn't make sense, except for the fact that the whole movie was based in the Caribbean world. So I'm like, you know, Disney's going to do what Disney's going to do. Like, I'm not mad at it if they have a reason for doing it. If it was just like, we're just going to make her black just because, mm-hmm. you know, 
but at least with this, they have a valid reason why she would be black in this situation, or more probably Caribbean, which I believe the actress is Caribbean as well. Yes. So at least in that case, again, they're not casting like you know Halle Berry to play the role of Ariel. You know, yeah, it's a role that makes sense. Right. So yeah, but again, that's a whole other thing with something we'll get into later with fandoms. But uh, <laughs> one thing I do just want to say off the bat, first of all, Lin-Manuel Miranda can continue to work on the Little Mermaid music, but he needs to go and help the people to develop uh, Rogers the Musical before he does anything with Encanto live action. I'm just saying. <laughs> we, need a, we need a Rogers the Musical like full-blown production so I can actually make a trip to New York, so I can actually go see that in New York. Because I need to see that in my world, like the whole finished project. I know they had people out Broadway people that did the little skit for Hawkeye, but I need to see a full blown production of that all the way through. We will like see. take me like take me all the way from the Battle of New York. Take me through like three different productions where you go from Battle of New York all the way to Endgame over the course of three different plays. You know. That would be acts. great. So Yeah, yeah. three acts. How else to be yeah. one play, so just three different acts. Yep. I think that's there what it normally was, was just three acts in like old school uh mm -hmm. plays. It just Definitely. you know, I can, I can do this all day remixes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think I'm gonna say it off the bat. Is it? I want to make sure I'm saying her name right. What's the name of the oldest sister again? Is it Lucia? Louisa. 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 First of all, uh, good job giving me a big woman that looks like a big woman is still beautiful. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate that for so many reasons. Uh, one because you know it's like. Uh, in the land where, you know, and Jingles and I have talked about, like, what they did to the She-Hulk for a while, and oh, how they yeah. kept making her bigger and bigger and buffer and buffer until she, like, she didn't even look like a woman anymore. I'm like, this is the way you do a big woman, but make her still beautiful, but bigger. And <laughs> she has mass, and she has the ability. She looks like somebody who could throw seven donkeys on top of her and carry them. You know, she no, looks like somebody who could... Bear the way exactly, <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying. She looks like somebody who could do that. That's the point. And I'm like, that's awesome because I love the way the character design worked for her. And so when I see her singing "Surface Pressure," I felt it as a big dude because, like, there's so many situations like with my losing my mom last year. There are a lot of people that would sit there and be like, "Oh, you just got to be strong for your family." And I looked at my aunt and was like, "Who gets to be strong for me then?" Like, that's exactly. my mother that we're burying in a few weeks. Like, like you're telling me I need to be strong for these people, but who gets to be strong for me? Like, that, like it, it would be different if it was, like, somebody on the other side of the family that I didn't know. I don't have a connection with that person. But why is it that I have to be the strongest? It's like you're asking the middle child to be the strongest for everybody else. You know? And so when I heard surface pressure, I'll be honest, I cried. Because it just reminded me of those moments in my life where everybody would be like, you're the big one. You know, you're the strong, physical strongest. You got to be the strength for everybody. And it's just like, but why though? Why is that? Why, why, why do I get that put on me? Like, why do I, why do you get to throw that on me and make me carry that burden? You know? And so, yeah, I felt that from a personal standpoint. Yes. So I love that about the story. And then, you know, you look at stuff like, for example, Maribel's journey. Uh, where, you know, she, I honestly feel like her gift wasn't a gift because had you not had her in the story, the whole thing would fall apart. With her, I feel like her gift is keeping everybody together. 
like bringing the family together through forgiveness and understanding in the midst of a family that had treated her horribly. Yeah. I mean, the whole family didn't necessarily treat her horribly intentionally, but the fact that everybody was pushed, like you mentioned earlier, you know, how everybody was pushed to be the best version of themselves for the sake of the community. But the problem was, Maribel never felt like she was part of that community. Yeah. And even she when, had no gift. Yeah, she had no, quote, gift, so she wasn't really considered part. And I'm like, but all these people that you're doing all this stuff for don't have gifts either. But yet you're willfully willing to do all this stuff for these people. So how would you feel if you're the person in the family that doesn't isn't treated as well as the people outside the family getting treated that way? And I was like, dude, like this is, you know, like the emotional, to quote Stephen He here, the amount of emotional damage that this girl goes through. <laughs> the emotional movie. damage. <laughs> yeah, but these, did these and, and I mean, you find out it's not just Maribel. You're thinking, oh, she's the only one really going through. Everybody else is kind of doing their own thing. No, you start finding out everybody's going through it. They're just covering it a lot better than she is. Well, not Which that Isabella, really, but that's fine. Well, I mean, Isabella, kind of. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. And who was the one that could hear everything? Uh, Dolores. Yeah, and that that was crazy to me too because it's like there's that point in there where it's like nobody else was, nobody else knows, and then all of a sudden you just see her. She's like, "But I know," because she heard him say it. She the the scene at the dinner. Oh God! Oh, oh yeah. secondhand embarrassment, extreme. Yeah, and that oh, scene God. has been memed to death. By the way, I'm just gonna say that. Like everybody, their mom just... was just memeing it. Mirabelle's expression just completely staring at the Lotus the entire time. And she's just like quietly whimpering, trying not to say anything. And then uh, uh, Mariano just comes in like, avocado. And she just shoves the bowl to the side. She is trying her hardest just to signal without any words. Oh, don't you say it. You best not say it. You say it. I swear to God. It's been yeah. memed to death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the one meme that I really love is the whole meme, the uh, trapped in a drive-thru meme, where they use weird owls trapped in a drive-thru, and it's like, and she looks at me, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I looked at her. Oh my god, I know, no, I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just constantly the whole thing where it's just back and forth, back and forth, and they're showing them looking back and forth at each other the whole time. It's just great. <laughs> but yeah, I just really feel like the story really... It, it's a very human story. And Jingles, it's, I appreciate what you had yes. to say when you said in all these big movies where we've seen all these big, super scale, crazy scale event event moments like with Eternals and with Endgame and even Spider-Man Far From Home is a huge amount of... Yeah, she has done a lot of memes toward the whole... Uh, she has done all that. That's a... Uh, uh, is it Nika? Mara? I want to make sure I'm saying the name right. Which character? She's the lady is in the chat. Nick, Nick? I don't. I'm not sure. Nika Mar Marina, Marina. But she's done a lot of different uh, little things about. The, she did one with like where she was like, "Oh, I'm talking to my abuela. Don't you see this is any similarity to the way we treat our family?" She's like, "No, mijo. I'm gonna, uh, mija. I'm going to go to sleep now." Only <laughs> like, ignoring any of the things. And I was like, "Oh wow." But yeah. Um, it's a, it's a very human story. It, it feels like it has one set, but the ideas are so universal 
and it, and it and it's not just universal, but it crosses cultural things too. Yes. Like there are people. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what your culture is. I don't care where you grew up. I don't care how you identify. We've all dealt with the feelings that you deal with in these movies. In this movie, yes. Mm-hmm. We've all dealt with those feelings of either being exceptional, but the pressure of being exceptional makes you unhappy. Yeah, or the being, quote, not considered exceptional and the pressure that comes with that and the dejection that can come with it sometimes. Yes. You know, man, that's just, I mean, it spoke volumes. I mean, I'm almost wishing I could write, I'm pretty sure somebody already has written a book on this, but I would almost like to do, like, a series of sermons just based on the lessons from Encanto. And I feel like there's stuff in there that just would preach hard to to, to people. You know, I mean. Yes. Feeling isolated, feeling left out, uh, being treated a certain way by family. How you deal with that, you know, how to deal with that anger in those moments. Because Maribel has that moment where she breaks down. She's like, I've been trying to tell you this is coming. And you kept telling me it wasn't. You kept telling me I was crazy. And now it's happening. And you still won't even give me the benefit of a doubt on it. Even though you see it happening, I'm just like, dude, dude. Like, I had to stop it for a minute. I was just like, and it wasn't like stop rewind. It was more like stop it. Like, this is getting really real. Yeah. It's you know? a very human movie. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that a lot of people praised about it was how human it felt. And it didn't feel like you were, blech, it didn't feel like you were just watching a movie. It felt like you were watching something that could have actually happened. Well, mm-hmm. minus the whole magic fancy gifts part, the. The feelings and the conflicts and experiences that these characters are going through and the, that they share is incredibly grounded in reality. And it's so grounded in reality that when people see it, it's, like, incredibly eye-opening because it's like, holy crap, that actually happens? Or, like Will was saying, holy crap, I relate to that on such a personal level. Yeah. Like Luisa and uh, Isabella. That's one that I've seen people talk about a lot, was their experiences of either holding up the walls so high so everyone else doesn't see anything wrong because you have to do it to be strong or doing things that you don't want to do for the sake of the family because it's what's best. And it's those human experiences that Mm -hmm. make Encanto such a great movie. And or expected. Yes. Because I think with Abuela, it was more... It, I know the term, we've we've said the term, what's best for the community, but sometimes it wasn't even about what's best for the community, it was always expected to be done. Yeah. You were expected to get your gift, you were expected to benefit the whole community that was there, and I kind of feel like there's a moment that speaks to me from Black Panther, when Killmonger says, you know, the whole world out there needed to what you have access to. But you couldn't even think about them for the sake of this small old community while people that looked like us were getting treated this way. And it's like, you almost got to have a whole separate movie just for the standpoint of the guilt of realizing the world is bigger than just that community they were in. Exactly. You know, like, could you imagine a world where Abuela was introduced to another family member that didn't live in that village? And seeing the struggles that they might have gone through? Right, exactly. So I'm just like, dude, this breaks this. This could get so much bigger than it is. And I gotta ask the question: Is it time? Is it time for us to talk about him, the person that they told us not to talk about? I don't know. I was, I was because I, I it was that not going to be in the music section, or does that? Well, I mean, we still need to talk about him as a character. Oh, oh yes, but because I we've suppose. talked about. 
everybody else, but it's time to talk about Bruno, y'all. Okay. Hooray. It's Bruno time. <laughs> it's Bruno time. Let's talk about the man who, first of all, I got to say this, and I didn't realize this until after watching the movie and be, it being pointed out that every poster they put out, they managed to intentionally hide him in each poster without you mm -hmm. being able to see him directly just by passingly looking at the poster. You have to really? look for him. Yeah, every movie poster that came really? out, they intentionally hid him in the image somewhere. Yeah. Behind really? someone, under a cloth. There's one where like somebody's got a cloth and they're throwing it out, and he's under the cloth. Like they put so him I, on. We every need to poster. see some posters so I can just start analyzing them. Yeah, they they put him in there. I'll work on that, but I want to, you guys to talk about Bruno. I'll work on the poster thing. Okay, uh, Bruno time. We we don't talk about Bruno though. Yes, we do. Oh, we're uh, talking about him today. We're, uh, we're talking about Bruno a lot. We're gonna talk about Bruno a um, lot. <laughs> Any comments about Bruno? I mean, what do you so, think of Bruno? So here's a big thing for me. Um, All right, floor is yours. Uh, I, as I've mentioned before, I I come from a Latino family, and yes, this was this was something that also came up with Coco, and I've because I really enjoyed Coco. I love Coco. Coco's a lot. great. Coco is an Coco's amazing. Coco's wonderful. Movie. I was talking with Mama about Coco, and yes. she talked about how it was hard for her to watch Coco because Mom has had traumatic um, family issues growing mm -hmm. up, and the the way in in Coco and kind of sort of it's it's also in Encanto, uh, but I'm going to use Coco as the example. Yes. Um, oh gosh, what's the name main boy in in Coco? Miguel. Miguel. I thought that was his name, but I was confused. Yeah, it is Miguel. Miguel. He he wants to study music, and it's something that's beautiful in his life, and it's something that gives him joy. But because of once again generational trauma, because his his great great grandmother, um, great great grandfather, I believe. Yeah. Well, his great-great-grandmother was mad at his great-great-grandfather because yes. she thought he abandoned the family, right? And yes. And he abandoned the family because music was more important to him than the family was, right? Yes. And um, because she was mad at him, that became a generational thing. and Where music wasn't allowed. Yeah. Uh, and... All, all Miguel wanted to do was play music and be happy, right? Yes. Um, and and the the way that his family treated, especially his not great great grandmother, his regular grandmother, um, yes, Coco broke his guitar. No, no, not Coco. Coco's daughter. Oh, just abuela. Yeah, abuela. Just um, abuela. Broke his guitar and treated him. It was all like, you can't live that way. You're you're uh, going to be an embarrassment to the family, you know all this stuff, and it it hit m mom really hard because it's kind of the same experience that she had to go through with her mother, and one of the main reasons why we had to move out of Southern California and grow to where we live now. Um, and there there's some of that also in Encanto, um, yeah. where the abuela has this thing where she's all like we need to do we need to be like this for the community and she's embarrassed yes. of mirabel because 
Mirabel doesn't have a power, a an ability, a gift. Um, and so she would much rather just kind of have Mirabel be off to the side and do nothing rather than try and help at all. Yeah. And like in that one scene where she was putting like a candle in front of the door and she'd lit the paper on fire. Mm -hmm. And she and Abuela had just said, maybe you should go help with something else. Mm -hmm. And generally, most of the family shares that same mindset with Abuela, especially Isabella in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Getting off topic for just a teeny bit. I did not like early movie Isabella. I know that was kind of like her point was yeah. to not like her in the beginning of the movie. But I just genuinely did not like her. I don't know if that's a good thing to not like her, or if it's a bad thing to not like her, but I just straight up do not like Isabella in early movie because she shared that same mindset with Abuela that Isabella is only, or not Isabella, Mira, Mirabel is only getting in the way. And especially when she's f like carrying the box of fireworks, the not so special special. <laughs> yes. And she's carrying the fireworks in and Isabella just flips her hair in her face and is like, maybe you'd be more helpful if you weren't trying to be in the way. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, God. Mm -hmm. But um, the point I was wanting to make is that it's essentially what the family had done to Bruno. Yes. Bruno was an embarrassment to the family and his ability made other people feel bad. And the yeah. fact that he would see the future, see what would inevitably happen and then tell people well, this is what I saw. It made it always made people upset to the point where he saw the the um, the vision when it concerns Mirabel. Um, knew that that was going to be a problem, and it was going to make people freak out about Mirabel. He decided to break that vision and leave instead of you know causing Mirabel any trouble. Because right. it's not her fault. It's technically not even his fault that he's seeing that vision. But, and the entire point of the song, we don't talk about Bruno, is people saying, Bruno only ever said terrible things to us. And only ever yeah. predicted terrible futures for us. Except for Isabella, because she's perfect. Um, of course. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that stereotype in characters. And I try my best to avoid it when writing my own characters is the, oh, everything about me is perfect and I'm living the most magical and wonderful life possible. That's mm -hmm. not human writing. Fix it, <laughs> Disney. And, I, and they do fix it, but she still kind of keeps a little bit of it despite that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, Isabel is a wonderful character for some people, but for me, not so much. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. Um, so that, that once again goes into, I don't, I don't know if it's specifically Latino culture that has done it, but I have seen it a lot with Latino culture is this kind of, uh, like forgetting about people that you are embarrassed about or, yeah, shunning or, or them away, at, shunning them away, um, I don't want to. I don't think the word is extricate, but um, you know, just uh, disowning them essentially and disowning almost them. excommunicate. Excommunicate yeah. is the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Communicate. Um, and that that's a thing that happens with Latino culture. Now, 
Coco and Encanto both are very they're, they're happy stories. Um, yes. And in the end, everything works out. Everybody's happy, and it's it's a feel good story. But they they touch on these subjects a little bit that people that have gone through this, and my mom being one of them, like sees that, and it brings back feelings that are still there from yeah essentially being excommunicated. Now my mother wasn't. Um, but but I, she shared those feelings of being excommunicated. Feelings. Yes, yeah. and uh, I I have uh, a lot of um, family members. My mom's siblings, um, many of them stayed in in Southern California, and many of them got involved with things that they really shouldn't have, and they kind of lived this life of like, well, we don't we don't want to bring them up. We don't want to talk about them because. You know, they're kind of an embarrassment. They're kind of like a stain on the family name almost. Um, and I see that with Bruno. And as, as obviously we're going to talk about the whole thing, the whole story. So yes. uh, the, the big thing we find out is Bruno never truly left. He's been yeah. living in the house, just in the walls. Yes. And, and what he says as to why he couldn't actually leave, leave, it honestly broke my heart, and I did tear up a little bit because mm-hmm. he was saying because he he sets up his his dinner plate so that he's looking through the portrait so that he can still see his family and quote unquote eat with them still, yeah, and eat when it's dinner time, he can kind of sort of still be with them, but without being the embarrassment that he knows he is to the family. And, right. he, and he says it's because I love them. And, and it breaks my heart just to talk about it because he really didn't deserve that. He, yeah. What he was seeing wasn't necessarily a bad thing. They just perceived it in a negative way. Yeah. yeah. And it breaks my heart. Bruno deserves better. Yeah. Hashtag justice for Bruno. <laughs> Definitely. Justice for Bruno. Now, now, Jingles, just just as we're pouring into our souls here with things, one thing that I heard a lot growing up, especially being me, uh, was you know you're too you're 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 not black enough for the black kids, and you're not you're you're too you're too black for the white kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was in this weird juxtaposition where it's like I was a geek. I loved. I learned to love to read. I had periods where I fell out of it because I was trying to be popular. There were those moments where I didn't read for a while, and then it's like the love bug kind of hit me again. I was just like, "Why have I stopped doing this? I really enjoy it." But yeah. I was in that weird middle place in the black world where it was like I kind of passed through both sides, and there were times where you know I felt like Will Smith in that moment from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where you know Uncle Phil's looking at Uncle Phil after his dad just left, and he's all, and I'm sitting there looking at everybody that's in my school and going why don't y'all want me like what did i do that was so horrible but then when i got home and i got around my family it was a lot of the same thing like they were like i don't understand why you're into all this weird stuff like none of us are into that like you know we're all just into sitting down and watching our soap operas you're into wrestling 
you know, we're all into, you know, we're all into these TV shows, and you're into this anime stuff, and, oh, you know, God. you're That's into drawing, and you're into all this stuff, which doesn't make sense, like, in your mind, it's cool to create new worlds, we're just sitting there going, like, this is already established, I don't need your world. Um, you already have one. And, I mean, it's crazy, because it's like, you're sitting there, like, I don't know if I got my aunt, was like, are you still writing those stupid children's books? I was like, have you purchased any of them to see how they are? No, I just figure it's just something you're just wasting your time with till you find something real. And I'm just like, wow, thanks, Auntie. Appreciate the support. But that's just the world I've lived in. And so I understand it kind of from a point of experience, too. So that's where I feel like the story kind of goes beyond just the culture. And I can see that there. I can definitely yeah. see that there. It's just that there are things in this movie that go across that line. And I love how they're able to teeter-totter between that to where it's like, okay, this story is about this type of family. This family does these things. Uh, and by the way, fun fact, didn't know there was a musical term for magical as well. So I was doing research, but I'll let y'all go into more of that. I'm not going to say anything more about that. But um, yeah, like I just I felt a lot of this movie because I'm sitting there going, like, man, I kind of lived through that experience, you know. And I was the weird one that a lot of people were just like, oh, you'll never do anything with it. Why even? Why even bother? You know. Yeah. And it's like I'm I'm trying. You know, like. Yeah. I'm pushing for it, and it's like, I may never get there, but I'm going to die trying. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's it's beautiful when you talk about that, and I'm sorry Mama Roscoe went through that, because mm -hmm. I know she made a stronger decision to say, I'm going to I'm gonna choose to live something different, but it still would be hard, you know, to be on the other side of it, and trying to love family, and you, know, you got family members that are sitting there pointing at them going, uh-huh, you know, we don't talk about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of that kid. I'm kind of the person on the other side of my family that people don't talk about much. Yeah, and then when something shows up that I have to be there for, then there's all these expectations. Like, oh, well, you're here, so you're gonna do this, 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 and this. You know, and I'm just like, uh, I never hear from y'all, like ever. Yeah. Like I've tried to reach out to y'all, and I don't get anything. And then as soon as I show up home. Y'all expect all, me to do all these things. I'm like, there's never been any real communication to that point. Why does it matter now? Like, why is it expected now when I never have had a chance to really correspond with you? So it's, it's, yeah, this movie meant a lot to me. To, yeah, to, you know, it's, yeah. I, I kind of share, like, a lot of the same experiences as you two. Like, being shunned from your family and, like, kind of like the outside in a little bit. Mo mostly for not, like... The same reasons as well, because like I is it is it offensive if I say that you are an African American? Because I don't want to get this podcast canceled. Is well, I'm very much an African American, and no, it's not offensive. That's a fair question to ask. I I am not an African American in any way, shape, or form. I'm as white as white can be, and that part <laughs> makes me shush. <laughs> and that part makes me blend in with everybody else because my school, we at my classes, we do have mostly like white children that attend there. There are like black communities that generally stick with one another, but me, I just am a, into a lot of nerdy and geeky things. Dungeons and Dragons and anime and drawing and all of that jazz and I generally don't have a lot of communities like that at school 
and not a lot of time to do that at home. So the few times that I do get to do that, I kind of like cherish it in my own like personal online friend groups where I can talk about the anime and the nerdy stuff and the Dungeons and Dragons. And it, it feels good to have that little community and to go and try and protect that community is another thing that I was seeing a lot in Encanto, was that they represented their community and they felt a part of it because they had some kind of a connection with one another. Be that just they knew each other and they lived in the same town, or they shared something in common. Yeah. And that was a very powerful message to me when I was watching Encanto because they had their community and they were trying to protect it the best they could because they cared about it. And I was like watching that happen and I was like, Holy mother freaking Christ, that is that is relatable. And again, with the whole family shunning you out for one reason or another thing, kind of, kind of like the same reason for me, because I do not live in a good familial household. And I do kind of like get shunned a lot for one reason or another by family, especially on really bad nights. And when... Mirabel is standing up to Abuela while the house is crumbling around her. I couldn't help but get the sense that it represented their failing relationship finally crashing down around them because she finally spoke up after years and years of not saying anything. And I'm watching that scene and I had to legit actually pause the movie when I was watching it, go to my fridge and get a drink of water and sit back down and just think in my own head for like 10 minutes after that scene finished because I am just floored Mm -hmm. by how accurate that is to both how I feel and to both what I want to do in a sense. And I'm that's another thing that I've heard a lot of people praising was they praised Mirabelle's courage when she was standing up to Abuela after years and years of being put in the nursery because she didn't have a gift. And it was just very powerful. Yeah. The swallowing of everything to suppress it so it, that she doesn't stand out, so that she doesn't cause problems. And eventually, there was a point where her standing up, because she started standing up for herself before she even stood up for herself. It's just that people weren't listening because, quote, oh, you don't have a gift. Nobody's taking you seriously. Yeah, nobody took her seriously. Why should we listen to you? You obviously exactly. don't want to Abuela is telling us this is, we're fine. We're good to go. So why are you coming around telling us otherwise? Yeah, exactly. Miss Giftless. <laughs> Miss Giftless. We're not going to yeah. listen to you. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Just, wow. Yeah. The story yeah. is great. You know what else yeah. is great? What's that? The music. The music. The yes. music. Let, music let's time. go there. So, we don't talk about Bruno, I'm just going to mention this, uh, has surpassed all the other Disney songs on the Billboard top charts as the number Ever. one, I think it's like, what, the number two song, period, right now, uh, for them, and like, it's funny because somebody made a, a thing about the majority of the songs that topped on Billboard were pop star covers for song. for example, it wasn't, uh, in the movie, I'm using a couple of examples here, which is one, uh, the Whole New World by Aladdin. Yes. It, but it wasn't the movie version. It was the Pebo Bryson and I think it was Roberta Flack version of that mm-hmm. song 
that was their cover that got that topped. Okay, so then you look at, for example, um, Lion King, which is yeah. one of the other few ones because Phil Collins, of course, sang the You'll Still Be in My Heart. Yes. Uh, which actually, no, wasn't that Tarzan? Yeah, yeah, you'll still, yeah, Son of Man and You'll Still Be in My Heart World Tarzan songs. Tarzan. Jesus, my English. So, but yeah, like some of the songs that topped Aladdin, uh, Pocahontas was a Vanessa Williams uh, cover of the, uh, the I can't think of the name of the song, but it's like the Have You Ever Heard of Wolf Cry of Stillborn Moon or Colors something like that. Uh, Colors, Colors of the, of the wind. wind. There we go. And so a lot of the ones that had been on the top, t- top chart had been R&B and pop covers up until Frozen. Because yeah. when Frozen came out, it was the actual singer and the actual voice from, if I'm not mistaken, from the movie itself, right? Like, the track was actually from the film. What, the song Let It Go? Let It Go, yeah. Yeah, that was the Dina Menzel voice of Elsa. And, and so then now we have, um, we don't talk about Bruno that's taking over the top spot now as far as yeah. Disney songs. I'm still more partial to surface pressure, but I'll get into that when we start talking about surface pressure. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to go song by song. All right. Um, we're going to go like main, main songs because I know there were other songs. Like yeah. the one that was playing in the background when the party was first starting and Antonio was going to get his gift. Mm-hmm. And I know there was another song in the movie, but I can't remember its Spanish name, but I know its English translation was Two Caterpillars. And it was a oh, yeah, song yeah, that was yeah, yeah. playing with um, uh, Abuela and uh, Mirabel when they were standing in the field of butterflies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course there's the song that Mirabel is singing at the very beginning, introducing you to the Madrigal family. Oh, the family Madrigal. The family Madrigal. I love Madrigal. that fan. I love that song. It flows so well. Mm-hmm. One very thing Lynn. in general. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying it's very Lynn. Yes, it is very Lynn. <laughs> but I... I I'm gonna be honest, I feel like Lynn didn't get much of a spotlight in the music. Not that that's a thing that I'm complaining about a lot. Yes, I'm complaining about it a little bit. Shush. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna gonna complain about it a little bit, because if we take a look at here's our second reference, if we take a look at Hamilton, and In the Heights, and those kinds of songs where it's like, very like, fast-paced R&B type style stuff, we see that kind of a little bit, just a teeny bit in Family Madrigal, and we get that little bit of... Because Lynn is very good at songs with a bunch of overlapping characters at once. If we take a look at 96,000 from In the Heights or Nonstop from the end of Act 1 of Hamilton, we can see that he clearly knows what he's doing when he's managing multiple voices at once. And we can see that at the end of We Don't Talk About Bruno. Mm-hmm. And the whole fast-paced R&B type stuff, we can see at the end... Or, like, close to the end of the family Madrigal. Aside from that, I don't really see a lot of Lynn elements in it. Because Waiting for a Miracle, good song, I don't really see a lot of Lynn aspects in it. What else can I do? Good song, kind of. I don't really see a lot of Lynn aspects in it. I know he wrote, like, all the music for it, and he collaborated with a bunch of different musicians. But I think it was that collaboration of different musicians that kind of, like lost that Lynn style. But, but in- also, can I Go can I add a piece of that? Piece of that? Also, you have to remember too, with a lot of the music, 
uh, if I'm not mistaken, weren't they still doing this during the pandemic? So wasn't a lot of the music and different overlaying things, didn't they have to record them individually and then yes. piece them together? Yes. So you had sound engineers and different things like that that he was working with to piece these multiple performances together, especially with, you know, we don't talk about Bruno, yeah. uh, because you had multiple voices coming in over the top of each other sometimes, but you had to, they had to go in and edit all that together to make it work. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't imagine how much overtime those music engineers had to put in. Yeah. Especially with him being there, you know, communicating with them as he could. Because they, they even said that a lot of the communication was him on Zoom and him on other formats where he was having to be not be in the same room with a lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. So he said there were moments where he would get stuff back. And he was like, he would come back to him and say, hey, this isn't what I was meaning when I said this. This is yeah. what I meant. And so there was yeah. a lot of things he had to kind of retranslate to rework. And so it may not feel like some of his stuff because some of the stuff he had to make changes because of how the music was being put together. Yes. So I do. May, may I add one more thing before we start getting into song by song? I oh, just, no. You go right ahead. I'm done. <laughs> I, I feel like another thing that they had picked up in place of Lynn's style was kind of like the representation of Colombian music. I've watched the behind-the-scenes interviews with Lynn talking about writing the music, like, more times than I probably should, because I love hearing Impossible. his writing process. Shut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've watched that too much. I love listening to him talking about his writing process for music. So listening to him talk about how he kind of, like, took inspiration from Colombian music definitely kind of put it in perspective of why there wasn't as much Lin-Manuel Miranda written over every single piece of the music because they had to take Colombian aspects and Colombian roots of music in order to like make the movie feel real because it does take place in Colombia. So they had to take like Colombian aspects of music and again with that song Two Caterpillars they had got one of the biggest Colombian singers to sing on that song. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready to start reviewing song by song? Oh, go for it. All right. Sure. Friendly Madrigal, what do we like? Uh, I like that it explains everybody individually, very succinctly and precisely. Well, that was yeah. rather short. <laughs> Just like being succinct and precise with the characters. I like the fact that Maribel was the one singing it. And then the fact Mirabel. that the kids... Mirabel. Mira, 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 I'm sorry. Mira I thought it was Mirabel. Mirabel. Okay. I see it now. That's not an A. That's not an A. It's an I. So that would be the Mirabel part. Okay. Thank Mirabel. you. Uh, so I love the fact that Mirabel is singing it the whole time. The kids are constantly going, but what's your gift? But what's your gift? But what's your gift? But what's your gift? And then she constantly dodges that question while she's singing. Yes. Because she's not doing the answer because it's just like, oh, well, here's this person. Well, here's this person. And I, this little one is going to get his gift today. And here's this. And here's my sister. And here's this. this you know, and all this other stuff. And and it's all like, of these grandchildren. All of yeah, them. Yeah. And it's really awesome how she's kind of playing this weird dodge mechanic in the song while she's talking about the rest of her family. And it's interesting, too, because it's like she's given a whole lot more to her family than her family has given to her. Yes. And that's something you kind of feel in the song, because even though she's talking about these people, there's no, like, she's not singing about a connection to any of them. Yeah. She's just talking yeah, about she, facts. Yeah, about she's them. just singing the hardcore facts. 
You know, she's not going, oh, my, you know, my sister and I really love each other. We talk all the time. Da, 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 da. This sister and I work on this. It's none of that. It's all just, this is who this one is. This one, who this one is. This is who this one is. This is their pop. This is their gift. This is who this one is. This is their gift. This is who this one is. This is their gift. But it's really cool how they play that. But so it almost feels like they're telling a story within the song, within the song. Yes. So that's what I enjoyed about it. Yeah, I generally share some feelings. I, I I generally feel that um, if a musical uh, has music in it and songs, um, I hope that the point that they're trying to do with it is tell the story in song form. And yes. We don't talk about Bruno does that and Family Madrigal does that. Um, Surface Pressure does that. Surface so Pressure also does that. Um, Waiting on a Miracle, I don't think, really does that that much. No, not so much. Um, but, you know, different things are, are trying to express different... Or different songs are trying to express different things throughout the story. Yes. Um, and, you know, I've, I I do feel like if it's going to be the very first musical number in a musical, uh, I really sincerely hope that you're going to explain a whole bunch of stuff. And kind of set the scene for us, which comes from musical theater and Broadway. Because once again, bringing it back again. Here we go. Going here back we to go. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> the opening song. Corrupted. Alexander Hamilton. It tells you everything you need to know right away. So you're like, okay, I get it. This is what this is who Alexander Hamilton was up to this point that we're getting in this story. Yes. As well as a, a little bit of foreshadowing what happens later. Um, yes. Which, it, like, the, the song Alexander Hamilton is just an example of, like, this is what to expect in this musical. And yes. um, Family Madrigal kind of does that as well, except it, it just has Mirabel do all of the explaining for us. And um, another good. It's good. Yes. Another good, uh, one last thing. Another good thing that I feel is important in opening numbers to musicals is that they're actually good. Like, they're catchy, yes. and they keep you interested. Hamilton does that, In the Heights does that, Me is, Encanto does that. That mm -hmm. song is catchy as all hell. That is an incredibly catchy song. If mm -hmm. I had to say, it's probably the one that got stuck in my head the most that I didn't force in my brain, unlike Bruno. <laughs> I, I forced that song in my brain in, like, three different languages, man. <laughs> I forced it in three different languages, but uh, Family Madrigal was just one that genuinely got stuck in my head. So props to that song. Yeah. All right. I think Next those those uh, Colombian rhythms definitely helped. It's a yes. catchy tune. Yes. That's the vocals are really catchy also. Yeah, they got great singers for these songs. Mm -hmm. Speaking of good singers, let's talk about Surface Pressure and get it out of the way. Dude, the greatest TikTok song ever. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you're up for this one. I know all this right. is your song. You're up. So, first of all, uh, my girl's in it, so that's yeah. awesome. And uh, I think it's really interesting because she starts off talking about how powerful she is. Yes. And so she sets it up to where you feel like you're like, where are they going with this? And then it's like, then she starts talking about the pressure that she feels. And I thought it was interesting. I'm going to share this real quick before we do anything else. Uh, Go right ahead. 
So, this is a little article, apparently, in a magazine that Lin-Manuel Miranda spoke about, said was responsible for the soundtrack of Encanto, and he wanted to use the film to apologize to his older sister, Luis Miranda uh, Crespo, with the song Vamos Nervoso, Luis's theme. The song is a love letter, a letter of love and forgiveness to my sister, because I saw her deal with the pressure of being the oldest and carrying the burdens I never had. And I said, they're going like, oh, wow. So, like, this is actually deeper than just what I thought it was. Because this yeah. is him literally looking at his sister and going, hey, you know, I saw you carry all this. And I want to just say, I'm sorry for not realizing sooner um, than that. You know, and I was just like, man. But, like I said, it's the stuff like her talking about Hercules and wondering yes. if Hercules ever struggled with going up against the Cerebus. Uh, and things like that. Just kind of the... The, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of a line. I'm going to have to get the lyrics. but um, I can think of a couple. But there's the, <laughs> the line where it says, um, and I'm just trying to go there, but the thing about, the thing about that, um, to me, is it's not just the visual stuff, because like, even at the beginning, you know, she's talking about, I'm not nervous. And he's yes. like, your eye is switching. And then like, she starts singing, and like, even the donkeys are sitting there oh, going, like, uh, no, no guy. No, I'm not. I'm not dealing with that today. And they're just backing <laughs> up, like, nah, uh-uh. fam, nah, uh-uh. nah. No. I'm not. I'm not with you here. You're up with this one, Mita Bell. Good luck. Bye. Right. You, 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 you brought this on yourself. Whatever she does, <laughs> it's on you. We're not involved in this. We're so just well. animals. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna let you continue uh, describing the song, but as you were saying, like, um, you found out that Lynn had written this as a as a love letter to his older sister, and. Yeah. Um, and you were saying all like, oh, there was more there than you had initially seen. So what you're telling me is that uh, there was more under the surface. Definitely under the surface. Under the surface. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jingles uh, the first one of the episode. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the here's the line. Okay. Pressure like a grip, 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 and it won't let go. Whoa. Pressure like a tick, 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 and it's ready to blow. Whoa, oh, oh. Give it to your sister and never wonder if the same pressure would have pulled you under. Who am I if I don't have what it takes? No cracks, no breaks, no mistakes, no pressure. pressure. And I was like, what just happened? Why are my eyes forming up with water? What is going on with me right now? Why am I crying at this movie? Like, and then Excuse I me, my- that's why. Then I have to remember, like, I cried during The Incredibles. I cried during a bunch of different movies for different reasons. So it's just I, like, okay. Like, Disney I makes it. us cry for no reason. But I, no, I will. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there listening to that lyric, and I'm just like, there are so many people in the world that are going through this. And they the have come to that point, and they've just decided I'm done. I think like, all of us here kind of like relate on one level to another to Lovisa and surface pressure one way or another. All this stuff going on and people have said, I want out. I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, I can't handle this anymore. Yes. And had it not been for faith for me, had it not been for a bunch of people that prayed with me, had it not been for phone calls made in the early morning hours where I'm just sitting there in tears going, I don't know what to do anymore. 
and people that cared enough about me to listen to me and then give me strong words of wisdom. Sometimes strong words of rebuke, just like, you're better than this. Like, we love you, but you can't continue going down this road you're on. Like, you're in a negative space. If you continue going down this road, we're not going to be able to talk to you tomorrow. Like, I don't know what we got to do to help you out of this, but we, we got to get you out of this. Like, like whatever it takes to get you out of it, we're willing to do it. But... You got to also be able to help yourself out of it, too. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Because it's it's one thing to say, I'm in a situation... And mentally, I'm tired, and I don't want to go on. But there's the other side of it that says, there's got to be a part of me somewhere, even if it's a small part, that says, what have I got to do to get out of this? What have I got to do to get out of this place? Because I know I'm not in a good place mentally right now. And there have been those times in my life where, like I said, if it wasn't for a phone call, this whole conversation would be a different conversation because I wouldn't be here. And it's not to the point where it's necessary that I would have said bye to the world, but I just would have shut the world out and not engaged anymore. But when I heard that lyric, I'm sitting there going, I took some time to pray. I was just like, you know, Lord, there are people that are just going through the worst right now. Uh, This pandemic that we're in, or some people would call it Panera Bread because they don't want to say the word pandemic. Uh, So they call it all sorts (laughs) of different things. This panorama, this panorama, whatever you want to call it. Um, people call it Panera Bread before, and I'm going to call it that from now on. Oh, man. Whatever don't, you call- don't do Panera like that. Panera's got good food. I've never this been pan- to Panera. That's good. This, this, pan- this panorama. <laughs> we'll just say this panorama. Uh, but anyway, you know, there are a lot of people that have come on the other side, and it's like their families have needed to depend on them more or whatever, or their job has to come to depend on them more. But whatever the pressure is in life, and this is just me doing a quick PSA for five seconds, uh, don't let that pressure get so big that you don't understand that you're made from some pretty strong stuff. Yeah. And that I hope you get the help you need so that you can continue to fight. You need to continue because you weren't put on this earth for nothing and nothing. You weren't created to be junk. So don't ever feel like, yes. Yeah. Don't ever feel like you're so, don't ever feel like it's the circumstances that you're in are so big that there's no way to get out because there is. I'm living proof of it. There always is a way to get out of those circumstances. And if you feel that reaching out for help makes you weak, I can promise you from my own personal experiences it does not. If you can't carry the weight of what you are experiencing on your own, do not be afraid to reach out to people who have said, help, I will help you. They're offering that help for a reason. Yep. All right. PSA over. PSA over. So, surface pressure. Any other thoughts? (laughs) Uh, Not really. Thoughts about surface pressure. All right, you go, because I don't really have any. I just share the same sentiments with Will. You go, Jingles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been watching a whole bunch of videos of various people reacting to surface pressure from from therapists to vocal coaches to I watched a, um, an Italian bass player <laughs> react to it. Really? Um, what, did the, what did the Italian bass players say? Oh, man, he cried. Really? Uh, he did. The Italian bass? Oh my gosh. Man, I'm going to need to go back in my reacts to surface pressure binge again. <laughs> back to the binge. Back to the binge, baby. 
Uh, I can <laughs> I can post it here in a bit. Um, Heck yeah! But surface pressure is my favorite song from this movie, um, and I I personally do think that um, we don't talk about Bruno is, is just a, a a better song overall. Um, objectively, yeah. Objectively, but personally, think, yeah, exactly. And now personally, I love uh, I do love we don't talk about Bruno. I love it a lot. Um, but but surface pressure surface pressure though it just nice. hits you know it it just hits and, man and right like, in the feelies and you don't even have to be like an older sibling for it to affect you like the italian bass player he's an only child but i'm a younger sibling and it still hits yeah <laughs> and um like i said he cried to it <laughs> and he felt all embarrassed um but Aww. like and and li- re-listening to the um the people react to it and listening to the lyrics and just sitting there and contemplating on the words um i i can't help but tear up the first time i listened to it i was all like that was a nice song i get it and and uh i i liked it but listening to it over and over and over again and re-listening and focusing on the words and focusing on the melodies and um now it's harder now i can't listen to it without tearing up it um, hits too hard disney it, it what did hard. you do to us disney um all the way down to like um give it to your sister your sister's older give her all the things that we can't shoulder all you know yeah um and just like putting all this all of this on herself and and telling herself i i feel like i'm worthless if if i can't be of service right yeah. Yeah. um and it's just like y- you've put way too much on yourself and and obviously these were these were thoughts that she's had for a while but nothing that was, was like said. real well said it's just quiet but also didn't like i don't think she felt it as strongly until she started feeling herself become weaker yeah yeah and when that started happening that's when she's like i don't think i can maintain this yeah and her walls came down and you know she confided in her sister and um i think well i didn't understand when she was like talking about it and she blamed mirabelle immediately yeah exactly what did you say to her and abuela uh, there's there's two different kinds of abuelas that we see in Disney movies that center on Latino themes. There there are the really sweet ones and there are the really not sweet ones. You can figure out which is which between Coco and Encanto. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time Disney had a Latino grandmother be mean, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's still weird that it happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> for For me, in Surface Pressure, I think it was that line of Give it to your sister. It doesn't hurt, and see if she can handle every family burden. Yeah, and just I'm I'm lead my family. That hits, bro. Mm-hmm. Disney, why are you like this? That hit way too hard. Like at first, I like like same thing with Jingles. Like when I was like listening to that at first, it was just like, hey, yo, this kind of vibe. This mm-hmm. this this is vibe. And then when I started watching people react to it and analyzing the words as they did, only then did I realize 
Damn, bro. Luisa's messed up, and so am I. Mm -hmm. I am relating way too hard to these lyrics, and I feel not personally attacked, but personally called out by a <laughs> Disney movie, of all things. Mm -hmm. I go again, again. I, if I had a nickel for every time this, for every time I felt called out by a Disney movie, I'd have two nickels. Well, it's just a lot, but it's weird it happened twice. <laughs> all right, that's my thoughts on surface pressure. Are you good? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, surface surface pressure. That's all. It's it's just really good, and yes, it also slaps. So oh yes, mega hardcore slap. Surface that, pressure. Uh, conversations about stamp of approval. It's the right. it's the favorite of the group. It's the favorite. Yeah, definitely. It is my favorite. Yes. All right, let's talk about him again, Bruno. It's there. Yep. It's here. Uh, he's here. It's Bruno. What do we think of this song? So first of all. I've just got I just gotta go into the thought process, man. The legend behind Bruno was very different than the character of Bruno was. Yes. I, and I really appreciate the fact that they kind of hyped him up as this monster almost. Yes. Until you meet him and you realize it's like I just see and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like this. Bruno saw the future of what was what I would refer to as consequence driven living. Okay, in some extent. Like, okay, he saw the fish dying, and then the fish died. Okay, that may not be a consequence. But, like, when they talked about gaining weight, or they talked about rain, or whatever, you know, it's like, yes. okay, so who did the research to determine what the weather is going to be like on the day of the wedding? Like, who actually sat down and looked at it and said, hey, is it going to be sunny the whole entire day? Or, you know, and I know weather reports aren't perfect, but, you know, if you go out and plan when it was like a 10% chance of rain and then it rains, why are you mad at the weather, man? Because it rained. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so a lot of the times, you know, like one of the characters I think mentions about, you know, the fact that they said, oh, uh, and I'm trying to find the lyric where he talks about it. Like he talked about how he gained weight or whatever. He said it wasn't going to be, he was he was going to be fat or whatever. Or, like you know. He, said. he told me I'd grow a gut and just like he said. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe, Maybe, here's an idea, if he sees that in my future, maybe I don't eat the 3,000 you know, pound burrito thing that I was going to go eat at the stand. Maybe instead I go eat a salad, or maybe instead I go, yeah. like, like, there was no attempt to change what was seen. And so, it, I almost felt like instead of saying, hey, maybe I need to do something different, because if he saw this in my future, there's a chance to do something different. Yeah. But that's not the case. So then it's like, okay, so instead of changing what I'm doing, I just blame Bruno when it happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so uh, I just want to interject. Uh, oh, sure. Right ahead. I've, been, I've been listening to other people like analyzing the song. Um, yep. And the thing with We Don't Talk About Bruno, uh, it isn't consequences that are causing the, the stuff that's happening. All he's doing is reporting on things that happen naturally over time. Yes. Uh, right. And and people get mad at him because they feel like he's the cause of that. But all he did, like growing a gut, getting fat, that's just something that happens. Losing your hair. Losing your, your hair. Fish die. Your fish dying. Uh, you know, like it was all raining those simple on, things on the, that people got mad about. Yes. Raining on I the guess. wedding day. It's it's just yeah. some stuff that happens, right? 
Uh, right. And it's not always good and it's not always bad. It's just life things that just happen. Um, and Bruno just kind of right. reported on it. Yeah, may I add an interjection one last yes. one before I pass it back? Isn't it like good luck or something if it rains on your wedding day? Um, I don't no. know. I think it's supposed I, to be I, bad I need luck. To Google I, I need someone to Google that quickly because I don't know. Oh, but when me, I was at my cousin's wedding or something, when I was at my cousin's wedding a couple of years back, I was thinking like, or I remember somebody saying at the wedding when it was raining, oh, it's like good luck or something or a sign of like your relationship's going to last a long time if it rains on your wedding day? I, I don't know. Oh. It's okay, just what I so heard. According to Google, uh, it's supposed to be good luck because it signifies that you will have children, be cleansed of the sadness and tough times of your past and be given a new chapter in your life. Huh. Good to know. But it's inconvenient. So <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's inconvenient in the moment, but it's generally a sign of good luck and good fortune mm -hmm. to now, you and your spouse. Now, I know this is a weird moment, and, and trust me when I tell you, this is not just me trying to mash up things. This is kind of where my brain goes hmm. whenever I hear about rain and stuff. Because it would I thought it would have been interesting when they talked about it was my wedding day and then it rained. And then all yes. of a sudden you have a character that looks kind of like Alanis Morissette. And she comes out and she's like, it's like rain on your <laughs> wedding day. It's free ride when you're already paid. And then, and then she just kind of fades out on the side. Like everybody's just looking at her for a minute. Like, what just happened? And then they continue the song. <laughs> well, that, we... that that wasn't your brain mashing things up? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. That's how my head works. Okay? You said it wasn't, but that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Bruno. <laughs> yeah. It's like Bruno. Yay. It's like Bruno. Got him. <laughs> Got him. There we go. <laughs> the we truth has come out at last. Uh, <laughs> so, real quick, it links up stuff, okay? It just does. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. It's weird. There's things that happen, and then I hear words, and then it goes to other places where I've heard those words before. And sometimes it's a small tree, like a bonsai, and I can trim it real quick before I let the words come out of my mouth. And other times, it grows like a freaking evergreen, and I can't stop it. So, sequoia tree up in this. Just boom, there it is. <laughs> anyway, um, Bino, you're probably going to do this better than I do. Uh, have you got the lyrics in front of you for We Don't Talk About Bruno? Do I need to have the lyrics in <laughs> I was front of say, me? You mean in Taylor. her head? <laughs> Hang yes, on. constantly. I'm going to give you the. I'm, I'm going to give you the line. All right. Right now. Test the character. Test the character, character, yes. All right, bet. All right. So I can do, I can do this. this. So well, <laughs> let me get it over here. And All right, cool. Mini quiz time. Bam. All right. I just need that sung out or kind of similar to the way she did it. Okay. Oh, oh, yes. This part. Oh, the Lotus's part. I hey. love the Lotus's part. <laughs> I love the Lotus's part so much. All right. All right. You want me to sing this? Yes. All right. Cool. <laughs> Alright. Give me just a second. Alright. Sure. There we go. We should be good now. Hey. Couldn't live in fear, but of stuttering or stumbling. I could always hear him sort of muttering and mumbling. I associate him with the sound of fallen sand. It's a heavy lift with a gift so humbling. Always a stabuela and the family fumbling. Grappling the prophecies they couldn't understand. Do you understand? 
I love no. the lotuses part so much. Yeah. No, that it's moment, close. especially when she says, "Always left a boiler in the family fumbling." Yes. And then follows it up with grappling with prophecies they couldn't understand. understand. Do you understand? Yeah. Because now it becomes key. Because the question then becomes, are you just like a boiler in the rest of the family? Yeah. Because that or line of, it's a heavy lift for the gift so humbling. The Lotus was the only one that, like, understood that Bruno's gift was, like, genuinely a lot. Especially after so many negative reactions to his prophecies. She's, yeah. like, the only one that really, like, quote-unquote, understood him. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's kind of, like, testing me about, like, do you see the way things that I see when it comes to Bruno? Or are you just like Abuela and the rest of the family who don't see him that way? Right, right, right. And also the fact that's funny, and I posted up the scene in the deal, uh, it's the fact that when she's saying that line and she's about to do the do you understand, and it's like, he's in the background the whole time. He's just <laughs> like, bobbing he's just, his head he's in just the background. Kind of, Running through, well, he's like running through the little hallway in the background up, up up in the level above him. It's like he's just kind of running through, and he stops briefly when they're singing about him. He looks out, and they're like they turn around, and as they turn around, he just kind of skirts away. Yes, you know. So I'm just like, that's an interesting visual cue because it took a few times to me watching it like before I saw right that. Like, yeah, you can see him in the background. Right, like Especially right, right. at the part where she's on the box. Look between the two of them, you can mm -hmm. see him bobbing his head in the yep. shadow. Yep, right there. And and the yep. framing is interesting, too, because they always manage to catch him in the framing in such a way where if you're not paying attention, you won't see him. But if you know to look for him, it's like you know where to look. It's just, it's it, I love that kind of interesting yeah. way of the juxtaposition between him being there and them not knowing he's there. Except, of course, she knows because she can hear him. <laughs> yeah, she has but, incredible hearing. Right, you know, so it's just interesting in that. So why I feel like we don't talk about Bruno as such a powerful song, too, is because, again, this song, I feel like more than any other song, moves the plot more yes. so than the other songs. Like the other songs are part of the plot, but this one really lets you know, okay, at some point, you're going to sit down and have to meet up a Bruno yourself. You're going to, you, you know, because we, we, we we're kind of shown that through the thing that we're, that, that yeah. Millie Bell is going to be, Millie Bell is going to see him. Yeah. And then it comes the question of what's she going to do once she understands what his gift is. And then my question is, has he been hiding in the house the whole time that Mar yes. Mirabelle? Yes. So has she ever seen him no. before? No. So she's never seen him. That it would be trippy as all get out. My brother, yeah. who I'm supposed to love, I've never met this dude. All through my life, everybody talks about him so negatively, and then all of a sudden I just happen to fall in a hole, and there he is. Bruno is Mirabelle's mm -hmm. uncle. Yes. I thought that was brother. No. No, uh, that would be... Oh, okay. and Pepe's brother. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. So, but I just was like, "Wow, that's that's really interesting too." Because then now you gotta you've got to make the decision as to whether you believe what Abuela and them have said or not. Because now you've yes. you've had the chance to experience what they've experienced. You know right? what they know, but do you want to know what is actually the truth? Exactly. Yeah, there's a it's there's a very clever uh, way that the song is constructed. Um, yes. Which, uh, so, 
the the song starts off with her talking to her tia Pepe and uncle Felix. Um, yes, about the wedding day. About well, so the the song itself is constructed. She starts with talking to people that grew up with him and knew him personally. Yes. Then she yes. talks to Dolores, who is a little bit older He's, than Mirabel, and so has some vague memories of him. And then... Uh, Camillo, who knows Camillo. absolutely nothing. And, and He's like 15, he, and yeah. he only knows like what the family has told him, so he just has to go off of assumptions. And he portrays him as this absolutely terrifying rat god. Right, seven-foot like, frame, rats all upon his back? What? <laughs> It's like, like, and he portrays he, him as this malicious on your thing. Screams? What? Yeah. He feasts on your screams and sees your dreams. What are you, some knockoff Oogie Boogie Santa Claus, bro? Essentially, <laughs> and and you you He's see a that Freddy Krueger. <laughs> you, you start off with this very realistic story of like, look, Bruno told us this. He had a malicious grin. I'm pretty sure he was malicious about it. Uh, yes. And, and and that's their story. And then Dolores is all like, I, these memories that I kind of sort of have, and I associate them with falling sand, this is what I know. And also, I hear them in the walls, but I, I'm vague about that. Um, yes. Uh, and, and then Camilo, who, who just completely makes up, like nothing about what he says is true. Except for maybe the yes. rats thing, because he's super down with rats. The rats thing, yeah. <laughs> like, the little rat show is so cute. One last interjection before we move on to either the next song or another point in the song. The whole, I associate him with the sound of falling sand line. That's not actually sand. That's him throwing salt over his shoulder because he's superstitious. Yes, he is, he's very superstitious, which is funny yeah. for a guy that, you know, sees the future. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, we can talk a little more about that whole superstition thing in the fandom. Yeah, of course. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to interject with that first before uh yes you know talking about because the, the the song we don't talk about bruno is a masterpiece it's amazingly good vibe lynn written all over it there's so much lynn <laughs> it's, lynn. it's just lynn 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 especially in the end lynn <laughs> yes it's very lynn I yes especially the end and as will had brought up before he didn't know that there was a musical styling called a madrigal um yes and until this, until doing research for this movie, and something that I think is very interesting, and also names and how yes. Lynn does names, um, it, it so that they fit better in songs, he'll change names because Bruno wasn't his original name. Really, what was his original? I know name? that his he was originally going to be named Oscar. Mm, I don't like it as much. Mm, well, I, I don't mean, like it as much. <laughs> I, it. There's a lot of Oscars uh, in, in Latino families. In fact, one of my uncles is named Oscar. Um, and, and actually, I have uh, an aunt named uh, Maribel. Not Mirabel, oh, Maribel. Maribel. Uh, um, and so I have an Oscar and I have a Maribel. So instantly this movie was all like, well, I got to pay attention now. Um, <laughs> but attention. They, they changed his name to Bruno uh because why it works way better for a song um and then they were they were able to make the the song bruno so that they could have the the whole lyric we don't talk about bruno no 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 
right? Oh, yeah, that does fit a little bit better than... Internal oh, rhyme. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And also, um, there there is a shockingly large number of individuals named Oscar Madrigal. So they're like, <laughs> we don't want to have to worry about that legally. So... That's another yeah. reason to change it to Bruno. No, instead. no, no. Le- legal, not legal stuff here. We're we're not getting sued again because we already got sued in June by China because we did something about Pride. Did anyone else hear about that whole scandal? I didn't. I did not hear about that. What, what? Just a quick summary. They had sure. they had like po- just a quick summary. Getting a little bit off topic. They had posted something on their Twitter. Which is like a cute little thing of all the Disney characters marching against a rainbow background with a little caption of, there's always room for everyone under the rainbow. Happy Pride Month. And that was on June 1st. Two days later, cute. they're getting sued. They're, they're getting sued by China. Because not everybody's welcome in China. <laughs> yeah, because no. China's not a fan of LGBT stuff. Yeah, neither is Russia. Not at all. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, help that... Russia. There was a whole thing about the um, the concentration camp issues with uh, Shang Chi either, oh, uh, yeah. where Disney shouted that out, and then there was a bunch of trouble on on, on that end. So yeah, oh, there, there's yeah, a that <laughs> there's like a whole that lot Disney's of stuff trying to push representation more with that kind of stuff, and I hate that the rest of the world is not going to be willing to like receive any media about it because it's progressive and it's good on Disney for trying to include more stuff like that that should be talked about in places where it normally isn't talked about and the fact that these countries that aren't allowing it continue to not allow it is just dumb well but the bigger problem too it has to do with the fact that China has been the biggest market for a lot of movies for forever and a day that's the biggest so that's where Disney is trying to figure out ways to get into continue to get into China and China is slowly saying to Disney we don't want you yeah and that's just a reality to that situation right now. I mean, if you look at a lot of the Disney uh, Disney movies, I mean, what was it? Uh, they're already saying they're not going to allow Miss Marvel because really? of the fact that it's a Pakistani because of the fact that it's a Pakistani uh, main character. What? And so they're saying that they may not. They haven't officially said it. They're saying they may not allow it. But uh, that's so dumb. Then uh, I mean, you know, there's stuff with Miss Marvel because the other Marvels because of stuff that Brie Larson has said and and how they're kind of it's a lot. It really is. Disney is fighting hard to try to stay in China at this point because of everything is going on. Because a lot of stuff that Disney's trying to do, and they're like, we don't like any of this. Being you know, we don't want to attacked. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to. You know, we don't want to end up with a bunch of empowered women running around. Mm-hmm. So and, it kind of becomes that thing. Personally, upset. We need more empowering women. D- very much so. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, it's 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 a struggle that Disney is trying to have right now. Like I said, it doesn't help that when Shang Chi was done, they 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 flat out said we're not catering to Shang Chi because of the actor who played Shang Chi. Because, of course, he spoke about his experiences growing up and how he was in exile for that part of the world and didn't agree with a lot of stuff in the government. So they were just like, oh, well, you don't agree with the stuff in the government. We're not letting your movie come here either. You know, so, yeah, it's it's that kind of situation. It doesn't take much for China to say we don't want you. So that's just the reality of the moment. So that's what yeah. we're dealing with. And Disney, unfortunately, is trying to do everything they can to because that's where a lot of movies make their biggest money. It's China. Yeah. So... That's a reality. But anyway, we're kind of getting back on topic now. <laughs> yes, trying to get back on topic. <laughs> All right. 
any other last thoughts about um yes uh because i i, w- I was talking about what a ma- madrigal is yes um, go right how, ahead continue uh the short definition is uh when a bunch of different voices are all layering together it's uh, a true madrigal is is done a cappella. There's no music accompanying it, uh, but huh. they essentially do that at the end of. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno. Um, that and in Hamilton. Well, yeah, they do it a lot in Hamilton. That's a very Lin Manuel thing. And and in In the Heights too. That's another very Lin thing. Is over is madrigals and multiple characters. And building mm-hmm. off of the music with said madrigals and musical characters, mm-hmm. and so it's just um, great. That that was another clever thing that they are the family madrigal, and they are doing a madrigal there uh, for the dance. Yes. and yes. it sounds great because it's really well written, and because it's Lynn, and Lynn knows how to do that. <laughs> yep. But I, I I believe those were the main things that I wanted to bring up for we don't talk about Bruno. Yes. yes. Do we want to talk about uh, the last song in the musical that I can't? Sure. I think it was called All of You. I don't even really remember that much about that song. Yeah. The only thing that I remember is that they're like the let it in, let it out, let it rain, let it snow, let it go. And that's the only thing that I remember was just that big reference to let it go at the end. That's the mm-hmm. only thing that I really remember about that song. I don't, I'm trying to remember anything else about that song. I can't really say anything else. It was a good song. Apparently it's kind of forgettable as well. Same thing with uh, Waiting on a Miracle. Sorry if anyone's mm. listening and they really like that song. That song is forgettable to me. And the yeah. other two songs I can't really comment about because they're just meant for background music. I think, the I think Love most Song people, to Columbia. I can't yeah. remember. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Um, good song. Yeah, the, the two Caterpillars song. Um, yes, it's good really song, good. but can't comment much about it because I don't speak Spanish that well. Uh, neither it's do entirely I. Entirely in Spanish, <laughs> and I'm, I'm Mexican. Not <laughs> I've I've been taking Spanish courses for three years, and I still can't speak to a native. Yeah, same though. <laughs> um, oh God. <laughs> so I can um, say hamburguesa. That's about it. Hamburguesa <laughs> is a very important word. <laughs> you'll it, it, you'll it, survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so hard to say hamburguesa. <laughs> that um, you might get some weird looks, but uh, it works. Yeah, but there, there, there is a, a big reason why I've been trying to pronounce the names with the proper Latino phrasing um, or Spanish phrasing, uh, okay. because um, they took the time to do it for the movie, and I want to respect them by taking the time to to do it for the podcast as well. I'm not saying I've, Felix. I'm saying Felix. I'm not saying uh, Peppa. I'm saying Peppa. You know? Yeah. All the important names. I'm not saying Dolores. I'm saying Dolores. So, um, because I want to feel like I'm doing it right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the three big songs are kind of ones that really stick out. Not to say that the other songs in the movie are not also amazing and well-written because mm-hmm. they really are. Um, but man, Family Madrigal, uh, we don't talk about Bruno Vibe. and Surface Pressure. Those Vibe. three just kind of, they kind of stand Great. out in a crowd of already really yes. good songs. Um, I'm As sure, just exceptional. Right. And I'm sure after watching the movie a few more times, I'll probably 
uh, fall in love with more of the other songs as well. Um, yes. Much like I've done with other classic Disney movies, like, um, we'll say The Beauty and the Beast. Like, yes. I, I know the lyrics of virtually every song in that movie. Um, Disney fan. And like Aladdin, you know, yes. Disney nerd. Very big Disney nerd. Love Disney. <laughs> you and your brother. It's true. And our, our sister. Family. And our sister. And oh, and your sister. <laughs> what about her boyfriend? Has she dragged her boyfriend into it yet? No, yet. You know, we did a he, whole we did a whole podcast with this Roscoe sister. We did. Yes, Roscoe's sister is great. Love her. Love. All the love <laughs> to sister. Um Yay. if she's listening, love you, Roscoe sister. Yay. Um <laughs> it, yeah, our whole family has always been really big into Disney. Disney nerd. And and so like Dino loves oh. Disney also. Oh, and, Dino, yes. Everyone in your family is just giant Disney nerds. Yeah, for sure. And that's great. I love Disney <laughs> nerds. I hope, Disney your nephew, I hope your nephew is going uh, to be a big Disney fan as well. If Dino sure doesn't make sure that he's a Disney nerd, you make sure that he's a Disney nerd. Oh, baby Gabe doesn't have a choice. He will oh. have to. <laughs> it, it's, it's like getting his oh, own miracle. He'll, he will have to have a ceremony where we lay out all the Disney movies now all and 60 he has to Disney pick his movies, first one. and he has to pick his favorite one. He has to pick the first one that he has to watch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just get them all on DVD, lay them all in front. Okay, which one do you want? And we just see what one he's drawn to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, music's great. Yeah. You know what's uh, not so great? What's that? Let's, as much as I don't want to talk about it, let's talk about the fandom. Okay. Uh, We're going to let you take the helm on this one and then we'll chip in where we can. Yeah, because I'm going to be totally honest. I have not been following the fandom at all. You know me. Me and fandom. Not not a good combo. We don't hang out very often. (laughs) I've only been looking into it because of my copious amounts of research for Mm -hmm. Encanto. And I've been, like, researching into it. And the thing that I've been seeing most in the Encanto Phantom that people have been seeing as problematic is LGBT headcanons. Oh. And it's, it, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Fanon and headcanons run wild. Oh, I, I have a really funny joke that I made after the movie was over that I can Go tell after. Oh, okay. I'll do it now. Yeah, say uh, it now and then I'm going to because. Rant. Because obviously I I've I talk to Will about whenever fans get mad about anything and Will brings yes. it up and then I'm all like the fans are dumb for that. Um, yes. Like Book of Boba Fett was an amazing show, but there's fans out there that are like, oh, it ruins Boba Fett. I was all like, Boba Fett was a non-character before the show happened. All right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so. Uh, as I, as we finished, uh, I was all like, guys, I can already imagine the the outrage culture of just like some people being all like, why is it that only the wives get to have powers? How come the husbands don't get to have powers? <laughs> why is it that there's only like powerful girls? And I guess uh it's like and co- like because fans always overlook stuff, they would completely forget about Camilo. And and just be all like, there's only girls that have powers in this. What the heck? No, that is actually the exact opposite with the with the Encanto fandom. Everyone has been all over Camillo. Because the characters that I've been seeing most when it comes to the whole LGBT headcanon thing mm-hmm. is um Luisa, um Isabella, and 
uh, Camillo. Everyone in the Encanto fandom has been all over Camillo. And because Camillo is a shapeshifter, everybody has been automatically assuming that he's gender fluid. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, that, I, that, I get that. That's <laughs> the biggest one that I've been hearing was that people think that he's gender fluid. And they've been thinking because Isabella didn't want to marry uh, Mariano, they're assuming that she's a lesbian. And this one upsets me a lot, and I'm sure it might upset, like, Will as well. They're assuming that just because Luisa is an extremely buff woman, they're assuming that she's transgender, like a trans man. Like, male to female in some way, shape, or form. Played football with a girl who looked (laughs) a lot like her. I mean, I kid you not, my freshman year in high school, there was a girl who wanted to try out for the squad. And, of course, our coaches, this is, you know, Dyersburg, Tennessee, where they ruled out prom, whatever integration happened, because they didn't want black folks dancing with their white kids, okay? This is just just an example of my hometown and where I used to live. And it's still a lot like that. Like, I don't think the town as a whole has grown past the 70s. Yeah. But the girl wants to try football, and the coach literally goes, okay, so we're going to have you grab the ball, and if you can handle getting tackled, then you can try out for the team. Not That wasn't a tryout. It was if you can handle them tackling you, then, then you, you can, can try, try out. out. There's a tryout for the tryout. Right. And so the funny thing about it was I looked at her, and I was just like, how do you want to play it? And she goes, hit me with everything you got, bro. Let's do this. Because we were friends beforehand. Because we were like like junior high. We were in junior high together. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let's go. And so I ran in. And I mean, I hit her with everything I had. And I did put her down. And then she got right back up. She was like, okay, let's go. And they were like, all right, you can try out now. Like, did you make and the team? She did. And the thing yes. about it was, she told me, she was like, I want to thank you for that. I said, why? I felt horrible. I was like, she was like, why did you feel horrible about that? I said, because my mom told me not to hit girls. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but why did you feel horrible other than that? I was like, because I didn't want to hit you. You're like a friend. I didn't want to, like, like, she's like, so if one of your other friends who was a dude was across the line from you, but he was from another school, and you were playing him, would you have a problem hitting him? It's like, No. Why? It's like, I guess because it's just football, but when I knew it was you under the helmet, I didn't want to, she said, okay. So that was the day I learned a really valuable lesson about that concept of like, if it's football, I don't care who's behind that helmet, somebody's getting their head knocked off. Yeah. As much as they can, as much as I could do it every time. And mm-hmm. it didn't matter to me anymore that she was a girl that was playing football. What mattered was, you know. She had the skill. She had the skill to play. And so then she tried out. I mean, we ran together and stuff like that. We were on the squad. Now, she eventually dropped um, off the squad because she did end up getting hurt during a game. And so that was when her mom was just kind of like, well, I told you you should have been playing football with the boys. You know, obviously you couldn't handle it like you thought you could type thing. We were there when that happened, dude. I felt horrible. I was just like, she she earned her spot. Like she she earned it. She did more than she should have had to do to earn her spot, but she earned her spot. But you know, and it's like, oh, you just can't assume stuff about people based on the fact that oh, she's a bigger girl, she has a bigger shape in shape design. She's a triangular shaped person with block exterior. Uh, if th- if that makes sense to anybody, the idea is that her body has triangles in its form to give her a broad, yeah. Yeah. supportive 
physical shape. A lot of your Disney princesses have a more like a kind of a rounded, softer shape. Yes. But I love that about her because, again, it makes sense that she's able to lift all these things and hold all this stuff and do all because she has the body type to fit it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love about it. But anyway, continue. Back to problematic headcanons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fact that they're just boiling these characters down to just oh, this one's queer, and this one's trans, and it kind of defeats the whole purpose of the movie. Like, this is a movie that talks about familial relationships and generational trauma, and these characters that are so well-written and human going through that. And these people online are just like, oh, this is Camille's gender fluid because he's a shapeshifter. No! He's a shapeshifter because that is his gift, and it has nothing to do with his gender. If the writers of Disney were trying to put in subtext and trying to make it clear subliminally that these characters were queer, they would try to do that. Right. I, I don't know if this is, like, dumb to say or anything, but I've watched enough media to know when characters are trying to make their characters, like, queer-coded. Like, subliminally message that, hey, my character's not actually straight, or my character's not actually cisgender. And I've rewatched Encanto a lot, not as much as Coco, but a lot. Mm -hmm. And I have not been, I've not once have I picked up any kinds of messages that uh, Camille is gender fluid, uh, Isabel is a lesbian, and Luis is transgender. Like, like, it's problematic, especially for Luisa, because they're boiling down, like, they're boiling down Luisa's character to just, oh, she's buff. That's, like, a masculine thing. She must have been a man before or something like that. Which is not the case. Like I said, I've, I've, I've exactly. met women before who have been, quote-unquote, straight as an arrow. And could, it could you know, it would literally look like they were made out of granite. I mean, just jacked women. Yeah. who are married to dudes, have children with them, and all that stuff. And I would never just assume, just looking at her, looking at this person, oh, well, they must be this way. Because of that. Cause that almost feels like it's the so reverse dumb. of the idea that if you look at somebody a certain way, then yeah. you assume stuff about them. Exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah, Yes, I, just, I feel you. I feel yeah, you. don't, don't, don't. Here's the thing. I don't get to look at somebody and say one way or the other. Yeah. But I also would appreciate if you wouldn't look at me and say one way or the other either. Mm -hmm. I would rather you just look at me, get to know me, and accept me as I am. Or don't accept me as I am and just let me know where we stand up front. You know, I know, you know it's like somebody said to me one day, so aren't you concerned that you're going to get stares? Aren't you concerned that you're going to get people looking at you funny? I'm a six foot three black dude who has shoulders big enough that I can barely walk through some doors. I'm going to get weird looks regardless. <laughs> I can't not get weird looks. Like, I have the stealth skills of a sloth in the middle of no in a, of a desert, okay? No, I can't no. sneak places. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to stand out no matter what I'm dressed as, no matter what I look like, so I might as well just be me. And you can love it or leave it. You've got that choice. And I'm not going to be mad at you either way. If you say, I don't like that dude, okay, don't. You got that right. You know, if you love it, okay, love it. I'm thankful for you. 
I'm thankful for the person on the other side too, because at least I know where they feel. What I don't want to be around is somebody that acts like they're in my corner, but then I find out they're not. Yeah. You know, but just let's just treat people like people, man. Like let them show let them show you who they are. Don't assume that they're something because they look a certain way. I had a young lady a while back. I was like, oh hey, there's that girl I saw at GameStop the other day. It was a Pokemon, had a Pokemon shirt on. And she was like, I'm a I'm a I I identify as he him. I was like, I wouldn't know that by looking at you. My apologies. So, and then she got mad and started going off on me. And then like 20 minutes later, she came back. She was like, I'm sorry. I had a really bad day. I shouldn't have gone off on you like that. Because that wasn't fair to you. Because you saw me as one thing, not knowing that I identified this way. I'm like, well, I can't read your mind. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't mind respecting what, you, what, your, what the call is. But you can't assume that I knew that going into it either. Yeah. You know, so that was the whole thing. So, yeah, in that same regard, I, I'm not going to look at Louisa and be like, oh, well, she must be this because she looks like this. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's problematic and it defeats the entire point of, like, wanting to be transgender. Because the mm -hmm. whole point of it is to not be what you were. So, mm -hmm. hypothetically speaking, if Louisa was transgender the fact that people are continuing to see her as a man even though she wants to present herself as a woman is in of itself problematic right. but the fact that she's not and these people are labeling her as such is just entirely wrong and really immoral as somebody who comes from the lgbt community same right. thing for camillo you, just because he's a shapeshifter does not mean he's gender fluid he's just a shapeshifter and that was his gift that yeah. the Encanto gave him. So please stop trying to slap labels on people where they don't really belong. Mm -hmm. and, I'm going to interject something here. It, right they ahead. did in comics that kind of made this work better. Uh, the Runaways comics. Uh, there was a character, I can't think of her name right now, but she's the character that had, she was an alien. If you ever saw the show, was that Lucy? Uh, Lucy in the sky. She was Lucy in the sky. Yeah, she was the alien, and basically she had a bracelet on, not realizing that the bracelet dampened her powers. When she took the bracelet off for the first time, she literally shines like diamonds because she's from an alien race. And so then, come to find out in the comics, she was engaged to a scroll. Now, for those of you who know anything about the MCU, because they've kind of introduced the scrolls in the MCU a little bit. I think Secret Invasion is going to give us a lot more. Oh, yeah. But uh, the scrolls can shapeshift, okay? Yes. They can switch sexes, all yes. right? But there was a moment where Lucy was still kind of dealing with the fact that she could be lesbian. She wasn't quite sure because she kind of had a thing with Nico. And she's a teenager. Uh, she's a teenager. She was kind of figuring out where she was. So then Zaven, who is the scroll who came to Earth, realize this and she's like if you're struggling with this identity would you rather me look like this and then she trans and then he transformed into a she because again being a scroll you do that and and she, it was he was like i was you know born this way but since i'm a shape i can be this you know and so it was never discussed as oh well, he must be this this or this he's a shapeshifter now he made a choice for her that he was willing to be become a female version of himself to make her happy. But it wasn't like he changed his identity in that sake. You know what I mean? So I appreciate the fact that at that moment, they were like, well, 
let's 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 let the shapeshifter do what a shapeshifter can do, but let's give him a valid reason for it. And so with the, with the other character on Encanto, it's like okay, he shifts, he shape shifts, but that he, he, he that's what he does. That's the whole thing. Like that's why you're there. You know, you see that character. It's like okay, well, he can transform to look like this person for a short time, and then he you notice he doesn't stay as a person long. Yeah, it's Maybe very quick. Yeah, it's very quick, and then he shifts back into himself. Yeah. And so, to me, it's not like he's making a decision to be like, oh, I'm going to identify as this. Yeah. It's just more like, I'm doing the thing I do with a shapeshifter. I change shapes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's a 15-year-old he's a so. prankster. Yeah. Yeah, he's a 15-year-old dork who's shapeshifting into his sister in order to get more food. Which, mood. Yeah. <laughs> That's a mood. And... So. The whole idea of uh, Isabella being a lesbian goes back to the same thing with Elsa being a lesbian with the whole you can't marry a man you just met from the first movie and everyone in the second movie trying to give her a girlfriend. So much so that there was an entire petition about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, and uh, um, Mirada from Brave. She didn't met- want to get married, but everybody's all like, well, she must be a lesbian then. Oh, I remember that. I, I, I tried to suppress that one because I genuinely like Meredith's character. Oh, and I love I tried to suppress. I tried to suppress as hard as I could that they were trying to make her a lesbian. I tried to suppress that so hard. Yeah. And Encanto is, like, is both a good example of what not to do when it comes to Fanon. Well, no, it's not two things it's just one thing it's a bad example not just for lgbt headcanons but also for neurodivergency headcanons because this is where bruno and the lotus come in because people are saying those little like noises that the lotus makes they're saying that those are tics and i i can kind of see where they're coming from because it's clear that she doesn't have any control over them but i don't think that they're tics if anything i think that they're a natural response that comes from her being able to have really good hearing. So she's just picking up things that are very far away, and she's like, if there's a loud noise very far away, it could, like, surprise her or something. Yeah. And and the thing is, nobody else hears it. So, of course, to them, it's like, why did she do that? It's like, she heard an explosion 24,000 miles away that no one else can hear but her. Exactly. <laughs> and so there's this little noise thrown us her, so she's just like... Like, just those, those tiny little noises. And the whole... A uh, thing that Bruno does, not so much with the salt, but with the knock, 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 knock on wood. People are kind of like also arguing that that's sort of like, I'm not sure what it is, but I've heard some people say that it's like a thing that has to do with the autism spectrum. I've heard some people say that it's also a form of a tick, much like the salt. And the easiest way to argue that one out, he's superstitious. We mentioned this earlier. He's right. superstitious. And... And Encanto is just a good example of what not to do in a fandom. Don't, like, label characters things that they're not, and don't slap different, like, mental illnesses on characters if they don't actually have them. Because it's the writer's job to determine whether or not those characters are, in fact, queer in some way, or are, in fact, neurodivergent in some way. And from what I understand, there's none of that going on in Encanto. 
there's no like subtext saying Camillo's gender fluid or Dolores has Tourette's or anything like that. And it's just the fans being stupid and slapping those labels on those characters for no reason. I'm sure there are some good parts of the fandom, but from my general research, it, it is incredibly problematic just by those little aspects alone. Okay. Okay. And, and that definitely can suck. Now, I'm going to ask a question. Go right ahead. For you, you know, just to kind of go through. Do you think that part of this has to also do with the backlash that Lin-Manuel Miranda got from Into the Heights about the Afro-Latinos that were left out of that movie? And so that maybe he felt like the better way to do that instead of dealing with that controversy is to kind of let it die by coming up with something that's totally Colombian with really, really catchy music. I do you don't... feel like that had anything to do? Do you feel like that had anything to do with the way Encanto was structured? Perhaps a little bit, but multiple, multiple people worked on this movie, so maybe Lynn's part probably had something to do with it. But the whole movie as a whole was not just a cover up for what was happening with In the Heights, because In the Heights was run by an entirely separate movie company. It was run by Sony instead of Disney, which yeah. has the rights to Hamilton, and with the whole scandal going on, I don't think... Maybe there was some crossover in Lin's personal life, but in the actual writing of Encanto, I don't think it has any, like, actual crossover. Okay. Because crossing drama from company to company and yeah. crossing events from company to company is generally, I, I don't think, is a thing that happens much in the workplace, but maybe it had some sort of effect. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's interesting too because, like, for me, for example, I've never been to New York, so I don't, I, I never realized that there was a huge quote Afro Latino contingency in that area in the Heights. So yeah. I would not have known that that was an issue until a bunch of people went off talking about the fact, oh, he intentionally left out these Afro Latino people, and as a result, this movie is whitewashed because I'm like, I wouldn't have, I would have never known. It's just people finding something to complain about, I think. Because I feel like In the Heights had really, really good representation because they had Latino Americans that weren't entirely Latino-skinned and they had Latino Americans that weren't entirely Latino-skinned in the way that they were black instead of, like, Abuela, who was, like, I suppose more, like, light-skinned than the rest of the movie was. Yeah. They had really good representation, and the fact that people are finding something to complain about with that movie, I think, is just them, like, finding something to complain about because that's what they want to do, is complain. I see yeah. that um, you can you can include people of color in your movie, but if you don't have enough of a certain group of people of color, then you've made a mistake in their eyes. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, like I said, I would have never known again, when I go into a movie, a lot of times I look at a movie for the story that they're telling. I look at a movie mm -hmm. for what they're working out. I look at a movie for how well they tell a story. Now, yeah, all of the aesthetics that come with it, I may be really interested in. But if I don't know, quote, the area of the world, for example, if you said, okay, case in point, um, the fact that and this happened to me not too long ago, somebody came up to me and was like, if you had a chance to live in Wakanda, would you? And I was just like, is that a serious question? They're like, yeah. If you had a chance to live in Wakanda, would you do it? Like, 
It's like, well, assuming I was born in Wakanda, if Wakanda existed, <laughs> first of all, because it's a fictional place, but if, if it was a real place and I was born in it, I wouldn't have any other frame of reference to want to live anywhere else. But since like asking, would you like to live in paradise or where you live right now? Would you like to live in Asgard? Would you like to live in uh, Coast City? Would you like to live in Metropolis? Would you like to live in Gotham? Like well, I'm just on. like Wakanda's different because it is technologically advanced and it is there are no troubles for any of the people that live in Wakanda. At least as far as the MCU shows. That's why yeah. that's why I'm like, that's like the most ideal place to live. Gotham is not a good place to live. No. It's like the most was... crime ridden city in all of fiction. Yeah. But I think I was comparing more point. to the idea of the fact of we're dealing with non-realistic places. Yes. Right. Like, these places don't exist in the real world. Like, I mean, now, granted, is Gotham inspired by certain cities? Yes. I do yes. believe they stated that Metropolis is New York on this side of New York at 3.30 in the afternoon. This is Gotham was is represented by New York at about 12.30 midnight in the other side of town. You know, where you don't want to be after, say, 9 o'clock at night. You because know, that's where all the, like... Craziness goes down. Exactly. exactly. And so that's the whole thing. It's like, first of all, why would you ask the black dude about living in Wakanda? Like, I'd live in Wakanda. Like, I would, like, if Wakanda was a real place, and that's where all I knew, like, I wouldn't have a problem being there. But the fact that it's not a real place, it didn't... I, and I literally told the dude, I said, this doesn't feel like a legit question. Like, I need to know why you asked me this. He was just like, oh, I just wondered, you know, because if, if I could live in any time or place and da-da-da-da, I would be here. And I was just like, okay, but you just listed off, like, Alabama, like, during a certain <laughs> time. Like, that doesn't really compare. Like, that, like, it's the Wakanda. Two, Come it's on. Wakanda or Alabama during the 50s. I'm picking Wakanda, thank you. 50s Every were time. pulling everything but Wakanda, though. Yeah, mm. but I wouldn't pick. I wouldn't pick being a black dude in the fifties in most places in the South. Anyway, right? Yeah, just, just not a good place for me to be. <laughs> yeah. So just being real, but that's the thing. I mean, my whole thing at the end of it, and this is how I come back to the point. Um, if you're gonna say something's controversial, please have a legitimate reason for it being controversial. Yeah. Why sit there and say, well, the Afro Latinos aren't properly represented in this movie? And I'm and I know when Manuel Miranda kind of you know came back and was like, hey, I didn't think about it. I had these actors and actresses. This is what I had to work with. I wasn't trying to intentionally leave out a whole group of people, but yeah. this is what I had. Um, you know, I and I want to ask the question. I wanted to ask the question: How many Afro Latino people auditioned for it? Well, here I, I was also gonna say. Here's a shocker. Here, maybe Lynn got the best people for the job. Yeah, maybe. And they just so happened to not be Afro Latino. It just so happened that there wasn't an Afro Latino that was fit for the role. And then, yeah. and then you're you're like, we need to get rid of the more light skinned Latinos, which, as a light skinned Latino, I find offensive. Yeah. Uh, and it's make room for Afro Latinos, which, yes, Afro Latinos do deserve representation. Which, let's be honest here, with the inclusion of Phoenix, Phoenix, Felix, in Encanto, 
that now is all his kids are half Afro Latino. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is yes. why I probably why I think Dolores is just so cute. That's probably <laughs> Dolores that's probably, is adorable though. She got big eyes and she got big ears. She cute. Um she cute. She cute. Um, and, and and so it's like I don't I don't think we should punish the light skinned Latinos for being light skinned. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I and yes. yes, we do uh need more Afro representation. But like yes. we've Disney's already been pushing out like I I was talking with the guys about it. Also, oh. I, I, I hope you don't mind. Smiter's here now. Yes. I made it back, you guys. Welcome <laughs> back, Smiter. Now we're out. gonna stop now we're gonna stop the whole episode and we're gonna ask Smiter all the questions. That- <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure We'll do a quick fire on no, no. him. I was uh, so all check right. it out. I was just gonna run on in and be like, "Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Okay, we could start the podcast now." <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, um, uh, man, we've been rec- what like an hour and a half, two hours. It's about two hours now. We've we've this is this is the Encanto Mega episode. I'm fine yes. with it. I'm Never here mind. for it. This is all over. It's all over. You're all over now. We're over now. I'm not scrapping two hours of recording. <laughs> Wait, being oh, over is a good thing. Oh, yes. right. Uh, being over as opposed to being like Roman Reigns where he's being forced over. We don't want that. Yep, still it's the WWE reference. You knew that was coming. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I hey, let's be fair. Mind. I was the one who opened the door for you there. <laughs> Jingles has been opening team. all the doors where you were gone. I was the He's first the to talk about Hamilton. Hamilton. I was the first to bring in a wrestling reference. I'm all in today. Um, He's stealing oh, all in. <laughs> we could uh we could talk about Metal Gear then if we want, you know. <laughs> No, this speaking is of Latinos. Speaking, oh of Latinos. speaking of Latinos, let me tell you about the Latinos in <laughs> Peace Walker. That's oh, some yeah. good Latino representation. That's some good Latino representation. Let's go, Chico. Let's go, Let's Amanda. Go. I agree that Chico and Amanda are good representations for Latino characters, but this is the Encanto episode. That's true. We've yes. been talking about Encanto for two hours straight. And, and how it's been good great. the story is, how banging the music is, and how problematic the is. Yeah, we were in the problematic fandoms part. Right just now. Uh, slowly squints at Tina. So I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know the difference. <laughs> I don't know the no. difference. No, no, no. Look, look, look. Good, good start thing. Good movie. Bad fandom. Right. Mm. Yes. Because uh, like queer headcanoning. I understand. <laughs> Because queer headcanoning is becoming a really bad issue with this movie. I do. Th- oh, I, I do can think that, that it has been I can, an issue. I can one hundred percent believe that. Oh, before I forget, before I forget, one hundred percent. When I was watching the movie, and Maribel was staring down her cousin Mirabel. Oh, oh, oh God! It's was staring again. like, like don't you this- di- don't you say a thing, don't you dare say oh, a thing. I, Dolores, I will- the one who hears. Yep, Dolores, the, the one who hears. <laughs> Just looking at her, going, "Don't I, I, will, yeah. I will choke out every generation after you." And, and that entire time, I'm sitting there, and I'm all like, "She looking at Dolores like Tina looks at me when I don't use health items Bina. in the stream." 
Yes. No, but you gotta use the health items, though. You gotta use the freaking health items. You gotta heal. Yeah, yeah like, I, 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 I scream about that all the time. Just heal. Come on, man. It's not that hard. <laughs> and my excuse every time? Nah, I got this. And then oh, you die. And then he dies. <laughs> I have died on Because you didn't heal. Well, yeah, but then I later came back and I had it. So in you the know. end, after what thirty out. attempts? I know how long you took Hold for Sam's. <laughs> I, yes. I know how long you. Oh my! Yes, you didn't fun. heal. You didn't time your heels right because you kept spamming heels in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we got better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it so. took you long enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then oh we my. gave up, but that's that's is... neither here nor there. You gave is... up? We did. We gave oh. up. Which game is this? By the way, Undertale. Okay. We're, you're getting off topic a little bit because we what need is, to catch uh, Spider up. Hey, talking about terrible hey, fandoms, since, Undertale. Hey, since I'm under attack <laughs> right now, why don't you all load, go ahead and load up those 50 millimeter questions that you have for me and just rapid fire. Right. Wants to go right, right. We'll get to that. because right. uh, We'll come back to the fandom stuff here in a second. Yes. So, go for it. Let's just rapid question Spider since he right, wasn't we'll, here for we'll the entire episode. First. I'm going to scroll up. I'm ready. Uh, what were your favorite parts of the story for for the movie? I liked it yes. when uh, they started talking about Bruno. When they when they finally uh, started talking about Bruno. Come on, man. <laughs> We've been talking. Just, just okay. All right. All right. Low hanging fruit. I get it. Low hanging fruit. The lowest okay. hanging fruit. You had to pick that up off the ground. That is like. That is like the lowest hanging fruit that we could because we literally opened up this episode with a bunch of things that we quote unquote don't talk about. Mm -hmm. But you know, you know, you know what is the best part about low hanging fruit though, Bino? Sure, people like me can grab them. Well, that and uh, <laughs> they're full of juice. <sighs> but the ones up top are juicier though. Yeah, they're firmer and right. Oh, okay. All right, fine. We're going for a less less low hanging. We're going for yeah. the next one up. Now, now give us a serious answer. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank um, you. <laughs> I really liked that moment when Bruno. That straight up, it has to do with Bruno. Uh, <laughs> okay, fine. I like two parts. I liked one where he basically activated his stand time after time. Yes. And <laughs> I, liked the, I liked. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get a JoJo reference in somehow as well. He Jingles had sent me that a couple days. I ago. hope like, you liked that. that? He sent me that? that like five days ago, and I'm just like, oh dear God, they're gonna talk about that, aren't they? I just what? thought it was Official, funny. Unofficial song for honestly. Unofficial song for uh, Encanto now is I'll Be Your Roundabout. <laughs> nice. Oh, but the other thing that I really liked was when uh, Maribel realizes that Bruno has actually just been observing the family the whole time. And he made up his own oh, little yeah. plate. Oh, so that yeah. Can, so yeah. that he can still be a part of the family. And I was that. Th oh. that that hit a little too close to home for me. We were talking we about how like, this whole oh, movie God. has been. It, it just hits yeah. super close. Yeah. Especially for us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially oh. Louisa. We, we've all, Jingles, Will, and I have basically unanimously agreed that Louisa is a conversation about dot, dot, dot favorite. And we've yes. given our song the stamp of approval. Yes. Oh, because oh, it just no. hits way too close. No, oh. Smider doesn't like surface pressure. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. 
<laughs> we, hey, you just got well, here. On. I'm gonna make sure you leave just as quickly as you came. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. No, wait a minute. Hold on. No. <laughs> before this is my podcast now, I'm taking over. <laughs> before, oh, gosh. before my soul is extradited from this dimension, <laughs> let me explain myself. You know, try to send him to the shallow realm. Before I was banished. <laughs> you get fine. Yes. You can explain yourself. I will lessen yes. your punishment. All right. Thank you. All right. So I think it's okay. It's not my favorite. What one is? Oh, that, I think that would have to be. He's gonna set a family magic out, isn't he? Wait, let him think for a second, Will. <laughs> all right, first of all, that one, that one slaps. And not only does it slap, but it tells you everything you need to know. That's exactly what we were talking about. There you go. Um, But other than that one, I think that... Don't you um... say it. Don't you say it. <laughs> Don't you say it. I'm giving you that Mina Bell stare. Gonna, I'm giving you that Mina Bell stare right now. Now I really. Don't you say yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say As it. I like, like, I'm watching her stare me down. And I'm all like, I'm gonna wait for Bino to look the other way so I could whisper it over to my brother. <laughs> Can you but give us an answer now, please? I uh, I can't remember what was. I think it was that ballad that... Um, oh, two caterpillars! Okay, that was not what I was expecting. I thought you were going to say Bruno! I think that was the one That was the one with Maribel and her sister, right? Oh, uh, what else can I do? Is that the one you, you like? Oh, what else can I do? The other one! Yeah, yes, I completely forgot when, about when that When Isabella's, one. like, she makes a cactus, she's like, ah! She's like, ah! And Maribel's like, ah! Yeah. And that one's what else like, can oh, I do? Cacti. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, cactus, cactus, you're a cactus now. <laughs> you get a cactus, and you get a cactus, and everybody gets a cactus. <laughs> At some point, my question is dress. My question is, does she feel more like Poison Ivy or Captain Planet? I don't I don't think question. Captain Planet ever like grew flowers, right? Yeah, so more besides, like Poison Ivy then. Yeah. Besides, she just does plants. But what about Amaterasu from Okami? Oh, oh well, I have no idea who that is. Makes life. Yeah, she just creates she... life and 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 creates mm -hmm. forests and stuff. Oh man, we have to show Bino that we, one. We have to play Okami for the channel. We, we, play Bino, Okami I think, for the I think you'd really like o Okami. Uh, is the art style pretty? Oh yes, it's very painterly. Are there pretty characters? Oh yes, you'd love it. Are they you'd well written? It. It's a, oh it's, yes, it's oh, okay. It's like I'm a, in. It's like an old Japanese painting. Yeah. Here's here's here here's here's the million dollar question. Is there lore? Oh, oh there's boy, a lot of lore. Not only is there lore, that it's based heavily off of actual Japanese folklore. I'm in. I'm in. Stream it. I'm in. We'll do All it. Right. We'll have to put that yes! on the back burner. Um, uh, isn't he, doesn't he end up in the most recent Smash game as well? Uh, Amaterasu did not end up in, in Smash, but no. she was in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Which was great. Yeah! Representation! Yeah. Is, is there a mouse in here? What's going on? No, don't. don't <laughs> bring it up. No, don't. 
Sorry. Oh, okay. that, it's, it's just a thing that's been happening recently, and I have no physical control over it. No, it's kind of fine. appropriate yeah, that that's it started matter, happening. It's, it's appropriate that it started happening on the episode where we're talking about Encanto, and the Lotus is like the exact same thing. Yep. Oh, <laughs> um, that's sorry, great. I have no control no, that's over great. it. Don't talk mm -hmm. about it. <laughs> but uh, what was it that you liked about uh, what else can I do? Oh, so what I really liked about it was um, oh, I was great. not actually expecting that a turn on that character development the way that they were going to go with it mm -hmm. because I thought that it was just going to be her learning to just kind of like not think so highly of herself, but it turned into this gorgeous song about there's another side of me that I could do and that I could be great at, mm -hmm. but everybody wants this out of me. Right. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's really awesome. Will is is uh, Ami posting now. Yeah. <laughs> it is such oh, a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful Oh, that's so stuff. pretty. Yep. Oh, that's that a Matarasu. So She's a wolf. Fluffy baby. And that's mine now. She's and mine. The, and the god of the sun. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mine. So the, the name Okami has two two meanings. Because uh kami in japanese means god you put an o in front of it that means like great god uh yes and then okami is also a, a word for wolf oh so it's double meaning it's double meaning it's pretty cool nice clever another, writing uh, yeah um let's see let me let me scroll so you like the stuff with bruno mm -hmm. uh you you really liked what else can i do yeah bruno bruno i think hits the closest to home for me mm -hmm. yeah really why is that because everybody here said luisa what about no, bruno? I, no 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 uh luisa's song really hit luisa in general just hits for me i, I love luisa a lot uh i think luisa favorite, and mirabel hit for me I, I think my favorite character is probably mirabel if I'm, yeah, Mirabel hits really hard. Luisa and Mirabel hit. Yeah, but I I love Luisa, but I think Mirabel is my favorite character from the movie. Yes. What? Why? Why is Bruno your favorite? Smiter? Probably because, um, just uh, I mean, Hold on one second. For, um, I don't know. I could probably wait till uh, she gets back. No, you're here. I'm listening. Oh, Sorry. Okay, my bad. So, I, 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 whenever I just have to go mute, I'm just listening. Don't worry. Okay, my bad. Always um, listening. <laughs> so, as everybody sort of understands, I like there was that part of my life where I couldn't go home and I couldn't be with my family, and I was part of travel, and I was just on that spirit journey. And right. I know, yeah. What's uh, What's cool is mm -hmm. that the three of you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. and yes. that I couldn't be home and it was all I really wanted but there were times where I got like these little moments where um, I would see a family member or times where I would spend a lot of time on the phone with somebody and a lot of it was just that what? that feeling of wanting that interpersonal connection yeah and that large group that large family dynamic because just like bruno i love my family and bruno 
couldn't stand to leave. Exactly. He, yeah. he felt guilty. He felt like he made the right choice by separating himself from his family. and But it, not it, leaving. But not leaving because, let's face facts, sometimes even when you're trying to make the right choice to separate yourself from people that you love, you still love them and you still love what made you love them. It's one thing to have family that you feel like you're obligated to love and obligated to give the benefit of the doubt or be there for. It's a whole mm-hmm. other thing when you have family that you actually enjoy being around. Yeah. And it's uh it's a huge blessing and and it's something that I've been enjoying more and more. Um, I know Will, uh, can't always come to our streams, but I know Bino, uh, knows the dynamic between me, Jingles, and our sister, for example. Yes. And, um, that's a dynamic that I haven't always been able to enjoy because quite frankly, sometimes I've been an awful brother to her and, but it hasn't been until the past year, like few years that we've actually been able to really be great pals to each other. Mm-hmm. And so when Bruno is sitting there and he's like, I, I just want that. I want that back again. I totally understand. And the idea of just all like, he's so close. He's right there, but it's li- a literal and metaphorical wall holding him back. And it's something that I personally just resonated with. And I, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I revoke I your punishment of sending you to the shadow realm. You are no longer punished. Oh, oh, swanks! <laughs> At the last second, she hit you, the mystical space typhoon. You a very valid reason. You are no longer punished. She hit the mystical <laughs> space typhoon and blew up the card that sent you to the shadow realm. So, yes. Yeah, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh a while back, y'all. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, because that's I'm not. A I, I don't judge. No, that's a Generation <laughs> One reference. Good for you. Good on you. <laughs> Um, okay. Was our next question? Uh, we talked about the music. We talked about the characters, and we talked right. about the story. Uh, I think that's that's that we we went into more detail about the stuff that we liked about that. Um, yeah. So I think we're, we're now we're caught up to the fandom stuff nice. that you were talking yeah. about. And I, and I, I told them about it a little bit. Overall, I told them about the the joke that I had said. Uh, about like why is it that only the girls get powers and the husbands? Ah. <laughs> I was just like making this fake outrage. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna post about it on Twitter. Augustine oh, seems like a really nice guy. Why doesn't he get any powers? Mm-hmm. It's like, but that's the whole thing. It's like, it, it, I think we we actually started when we talked about Smider being on um, Smider being on uh, assignment. We're talking about the fact that Smider was secretly trying to figure out how to join the Madrigal family. Yes. But the problem yeah. was is that of course is that if that's the case, he would not get powers, but his children might. Yeah. So that yeah, would be the interesting thing. And Felix married into the family, but they didn't get any powers because they didn't have a door. Oh man, bro, who's so they just married? married into it? So uh, you know what? Hey, cool cool guys, cool. Uh well, my mission was supposed to be super duper secret. And the fact that you told everyone <laughs> what I was doing, 
Uh, that no, cool. No, we're we're just gonna go ahead and pull out of South America and uh, everything that was going on there. I don't think we're gonna. It really wasn't worth it if you think about it. This whole like marrying into the family and gaining superpowers. Whatever, 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 whatever. It's okay. I uh, to quote to quote many a angry young lady. I don't care. I don't. I don't care. I don't even care. I, I, I just. I just. I just don't even care. Look, I'm going to say this. Mirabel's mama, with the ability to heal people Julieta? through cooking. Julieta. Julieta. Being able, to cook people, being able to cook for food for people and heal them with her food. I'm just sitting there going like, yes, can I have some more of that? Like, the, look. I those epipongesos actually look really look, delicious. I broke, mm -hmm. I, man, I sprained my ankle. Right. Can I get an empanada to help heal my ankle? <laughs> she, she doesn't even bat an eye. She's like, I bet. Here you go. I keep my pockets full kid. of them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's like no need for a bake. Like we don't need a bakery or a hospital. Julieta, literally. Julieta, Julieta is the new day equivalent of like empanadas to pancake ratio, where she just has empanadas just everywhere, just throws them out randomly to people who are sick. Slice. Yeah, exactly. Slice. Like we have people legit lining up, and she has like baskets full. In the like the uh, Family Madrigal song. Mm -hmm. Like that and oven, they're just lining up. That oven is like the most overworked oven on the planet, if you can imagine. Like keeping a whole community well, you know what I mean? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you in on a little bit of a secret. Sure. Latina housewives, the oven is always on, always going. <laughs> and don't and this this is for Bino as this little bit of advice for Bino as well. Uh, if you ever if you ever find yourself in a situation, air quotes here, trapped in a Latino household for dinner, don't you turn the oven off? Don't you ever? Don't refuse ever to eat. Ever say no? No thanks. I don't want any more. <laughs> Why would I say that anyways, man? Look, it's Mama Roscoe. It's like honest to god Latino food. I Mama Roscoe already to told Latino me. Food. That if I'm ever out that way, that I was, I was, that I was invited to the house to eat. So damn, you're lucky. <laughs> I know, I know that's a thing. Like I know I got to do that if I'm out y'all's way to where we can make that happen. I guess we got to make a yeah. a, a, a conversations about dot 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 potluck someday. <gasps> it's not a podcast. It's a potluck. Oh, it's a potluck. <laughs> we'll record while we eat. It's a potluck. <laughs> That would be awesome. Like, no, it would, become... it would not be. That's literally just a mukbang, and I refuse to let a mukbang episode be on this podcast. I can see it now. You can have one while you're cooking, but not while you're eating, okay? Dude, no. dude, have you ever noticed? these, these beans noticed? are the most delicious beans I've ever had in my life. Is that tortilla homemade? Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I feel like, like that's just a thing that I've always liked. I don't. I wish I had more of an Encanto because I want to see Julieta cooking. I mm. want like a short of just Julieta making uh, arepa con quesos. Because there was this one Disney short called Bao, and it had an actual recipe tying into the short film on I've how to make that. Like, dumplings. Oh, that is, and yeah. I've, I've seen that like, one the, with the little dumpling so that good. comes to life, right? It's yeah. so cute! Yeah. And I want like one of those shorts where Julieta is making arepa con quesos, and I want an actual recipe! <laughs> Because I know Binging with Babish made one, but I want, like, honest-to-God, family madrigal <laughs> arepa con quesos. And I want it now. Disney, get all that. <laughs> Thank you, Disney. 
Disney they could just come up with cookbooks every year based on the movies they've come out with and the food in those movies. Yes! Because I know they have it on, like, Disney cruise ships, by the way. Have you guys seen the food at, like, Disney cruise ships? I have no. I've, I've never been to Disney, unfortunately. I've seen I them know. on, like, YouTube and TikTok, and oh my god, they're so delicious. I, I I'm so poor, I, I can't even afford to look at photos of the food. No, they'll charge us at that. Yeah, that's how poor I am. <laughs> Disney, you, think, free. you think that? You need zero dollars. Disney, if you give Disney a chance, Disney will find a way to charge you for looking at those pictures. I'm just saying. They'll figure they it out. Everything. They're copywriting everything. The mouse is just sitting there going like, oh, you looked at Instagram. I saw you looking at that picture of Instagram at the hotel thing. That'd be $1,000. <laughs> oh, God, $1,000? Jesus Christ. Have you guys, like... Like speaking of food, have you guys ever noticed that like smacking peanut butter in your mouth sounds the same as like if your shoes were in mud? You know, I never thought of it that way <laughs> until right? I till you said that, and I'm sitting there listening to it in my head. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I hate that you're right. Why? <laughs> Why? I could have gone my whole life without knowing that, and now I have to live with that. Now every time Why? you're walking in the mud, you'll think of it. Or when you're eating I don't peanut butter. I think of peanut butter every time I'm walking in the mud. Why I not? live peanut butter's great. in an incredible. No, I live. I actually don't like peanut butter that much. I live in an incredibly rainy town. It's <laughs> like there's wet soil constantly unless it's summer. Say, I would rather think about peanut butter while I'm walking in the mud than think about mud while I'm eating peanut butter. Oh, well, now it works both ways. It works both ways now, Will. Now that you've said it, it works both <laughs> ways. Congratulations. You guys, yeah, so rounding it back to uh, Latino Encanto? food, have you guys ever tried, it's this little, uh, it's this little Latino candy called, uh, the brand is called De La Rosa. And what it is, is that um, it's this peanut butter, I would say like disc. Yeah. And, uh, what it is it's, it's peanut butter marzipan. Yeah, it's marzipan. So it's like oh, marzipan. I don't know, like maybe two like an inch thick and like oh, gosh. like a two and a half inches in diameter. And what it is is that it it's tastes just like peanut butter and it's really dry, uh, but it goes really great with like water or milk, and it's this really it's really kind of weak and crumbly. But it's really, really sweet too. I've not tried that I, or heard I of had, it until now, and now I want some. Really I've had bad. it uh, when I was living in Texas. I had it a you few times. Team. A few times. I've had it a few You're times. So so. Yes, 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 I have had it. So it took me a minute to think like Della Rosa. I think that's also, and you, you explained it, and I was like, yes, I have had that. There you go. Jingles uh, posted a picture of it. Mm hmm. Oh, I've not had those before, but they look so good. They're like, yeah. They look like tiny little mini biscuits. I want one. They kind of, I, yeah, want, kind of, they I kind want of one now. They're good. Yeah. If you, um, Tina, if you have like a little Mexican like store, you may, somewhere in the area, you may, they may be up near the front, like in the They're candy section near the front. Also, the a lot of, um, a lot of supermarkets carry them. It's a very popular one. You just have to go to the, like the Latino section. I'm pretty sure that you can go on Amazon and find them, too. There's also that, but, I mean, like, you want to pay for shipping or do you want to just grab them at the store? 
You don't know. She might have Amazon Prime. You don't know. She might not be able to pay for shipping right. anyway. I, I don't know what Tina does. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she has. I don't even know if she's real. <laughs> One, Bino. Two, how dare you? You're how right. dare you? Bino. <laughs> you, you gotta get how used dare. to that. <laughs> sorry. It, it takes a little bit. Sorry. It's okay. I'm getting there. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. You get time. I know name change is hard. It is. But I like it. Um. Uh, okay. More, My uh, question is, I we wonder if you could make this. I uh, probably. Oh, it's very simple. Um, okay. Do, How long have so, we been going? Oh, uh, almost two and a half hours. Jesus. Okay. Because we we got off topic like a lot. We were talking about problematic fandoms. Let me just quickly explain what the yeah. Encanto fandom has been doing, and then I think we should wrap up. That's what I was going to suggest. So yeah, because isn't this? it like Super Bowl Sunday? It is. Uh, here's a hint. There are a bunch of cool commercials. There's a concert with Snoop Dogg yeah. and, and like, Dr. Dre and Mary J. Blige. And I think there's a football game at the halftime show for the concert. Yeah. And there are a bunch of cool commercials, probably. Yes. Like, I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. care about it that much. So, yeah. I, I, not a big fan of sports I, ball. I feel like it's really easy to point out bad fandoms and bad fan communities. Right. Yeah. If you had to really scratch your brain, could you think of like one really, really cool or really, really great fan community? Well, we're talking about Encanto oh. right now. Oh, okay. We can answer that question after because yes. I've already talked in depth about like what like what it is and why it's problematic. But I'll I'll just give a quick TLDR version of it. What the Encanto fandom has been doing to characters such as Luisa, Isabella, and Camillo is labeling them with LGBT like genders and sexualities, even though there hasn't been any like hinting of it in the movie. Because right. like people have been assuming that Luis is a transgender just because she's buff. Mm -hmm. Which no. Mm -hmm. People are assuming that Camillo is gender fluid because he shapeshifts, which no Mm. Isabella is a lesbian because she doesn't want to marry uh, Mariano, which, no, Ooh. we already went over this with Elsa and Merida. Mm. What? This is just because you don't want to marry one person doesn't mean you don't want to marry every single person like that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what? You don't want to get married? Are you gay? No, I just don't want to marry this uh, weirdo person. You don't yes. want to get married? Are you gay? No. Oh, are you asexual? No. Are you pansexual? No. And it just goes down the just, whole list. Uh, you're going to go through all the L's, B's, and T's? <laughs> like, no, I just, I just don't really think i got time for that right now. <laughs> I've had people that have actually done that to me where people have just come up to me or we're in a conversation and they're just like, have you ever thought about marriage? And I'm like, not really. No. And they're just like, oh, are you gay? No, I just don't want to get married. <laughs> oh, are you ace? You definitely seem like you're ace. You're and I'm just like, please stop. Please. <laughs> I'm not that they're wrong, but stop. <laughs> step, step. Like, step. There, there's a four. There's a four word statement that works every time in that situation. Not your business. <laughs> it's not your none, business. None your business. It's none of your business, man. Get, get back off. Yeah, just let yeah. it be. Be like Paul McCartney. Just let it be. Exactly. And you can think whatever you want to, but it's none of your business. Let it be. If I don't want to get married, I don't want to get married. If I want to just change my mind ten years from now and I say I want to get married, I'll get married. 
If yeah. I changed my mind and decide after that, you know, maybe this yeah. wasn't such a good idea. It's none of your business. You're not going to be there for anything important in my life. So why does it matter what you think about me today? Yeah, exactly. And as well as the LGBT headcanon, they've also been slapping a neurodivergency on characters like Bruno and Dolores with the little, like, like the little hiccups. I don't know exactly what they are. For Dolores, they're saying that sh those are like ticks and that Dolores has Rett syndrome. Mm -hmm. And the whole, like, knack, 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 knack on wood thing that Bruno does has something to do with, I can't remember if it was like something that has to do with the autism spectrum or oh. also Tourette's. No. And we can clearly see why that's problematic. Dolores just does that because she has really good hearing and is picking up things from very far away, and Bruno is superstitious. And the fact that these people are slapping, like, sexualities and genders and mental illnesses on these characters, mm -hmm. it just mm -hmm. kind of, like, waters them down when this is a movie about generational trauma and healing mm -hmm. and family. And they're just like, ha ha ha, funny gender fluid character go burr, ha ha ha. <laughs> funny character with that has the Tourette syndrome and it's like no no I, I get very heated about this stuff because like LGBT headcanoning and stuff like that especially when it's unsolicited is just it really irks me it yeah. really rubs me the wrong way yeah especially mm -hmm. in media like this yeah Ugh. I totally understand totally get it you know Bino almost did a, a Wookiee voice there when she was all like... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a thing that I do when I'm frustrated because I have yeah. no other way to express it, so it's just I turn into a Wookiee. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Bam. That, no, that's I all I need it. to know now. I Bam. know. I, I, noises. I, I, Frustration? I totally just become a Wookiee. Simple. Yeah. Easiest nobody, fix. Nobody I, messes uh, with a Wookiee. I, uh, yes, I exactly. totally get it when frustration is getting bigger. <laughs> Da, da, da. Bang, bang. <laughs> That's no? the second no? pun that we've what? done in this podcast. Let's go. It's the but, second but, one. But, you know, you love yes. that song. I do. <laughs> uh, Jingles did freaking surface pressure earlier. I did. I got him with the surface pressure. Oh, dang. Why? Will was saying, uh, like, he was enjoying the song, and then he found out that Lynn had uh, written that song partly as a love letter to his older sister, who had to, you know, deal with a lot of the pressure of being the oldest sibling in the family and dang. stuff like that. And Will was all like, "Oh man, there, there's so many levels to this." And I was all like, "Will, what you're saying is, is that uh, there's more under the surface." And they just slowly turning red. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was giving him the Mirabelle stare at that point. <laughs> I, I was just staring at him like, you just... <laughs> I, I, I can recognize those puns so easily, especially because he sets them up to be so obvious. Yep. <laughs> like, hey, Tina. Hey, Vino. Yes. Vino. Yes. It could be worse. Fair. It easily could be. Because they could have just been like, under pressure... Uh, the other we should probably we should probably Curse see about getting knowledge. her off the ground eventually <laughs> she's doing this really big fish flopping thing out of front <laughs> i i, I, mean, I should, 
Should we do anything? Yeah. Should we just leave her down there? Yeah, let her take you know, herself out. Okay. She did. She did mention something about turning red. I just want to mention, by the way, that we are getting a. Uh... Oh dear. She, she's magic harping it. She's magic harping it. I see it. She's gonna transform into a Gyarados and blast us all. Uh, I was just gonna say, mention that Bino mentioned something about turning red, and it made me think about the movie Turning Red by Pixar. That's gonna oh, come straight to Disney Plus. We talked about that movie a little bit. I think that was in the episode that got like corrupted. Yeah. Yes. But I love that, that, that movie. They made the decision. They made the decision that they're not gonna release it in theaters. They're just gonna go ahead and release it in um, Disney Plus in, on Disney Plus because quote we're not getting Moon Knight. I think till middle of March. And so they wanted something to fill that gap between the time of the Book of Boba Fett and Moon Knight. So they're doing Turning Red and putting it on Disney+. Plus. So a bunch of people are upset. Pixar's upset due to that, by the way. Just a small news tidbit that has nothing to do with Encanto, except Pixar's involved. So mm-hmm. right Screw you, Disney. I wanted to watch Turning Red in theaters. <laughs> I, 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 I really like that movie, just from what really? I've seen. Vino, you wanna you you wanna you wanna go uh, over to Disney? You wanna go over to the offices? We'll go talk. I want to speak to their manager. <laughs> <laughs> I want to speak to John Disney. He's dead. Oh, you know, let me go Bino. to Walt Disney's coffin. I want to have a word with him. Slowly pulls up suspenders. I want to talk to him. So Vino so has gone from girl to fish, from fish to Gyarados, from Gyarados to Karen. Yeah, I don't know how I feel anymore. I'm a shapeshifter. <laughs> Except I'm not gender fluid. Thanks, Camille. Thank I was glaring. I was about Camille. to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gender fluid. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> was there any other um, fandom stuff we wanted to talk about? Uh, no, not really. Just seeing Kanto fandom sucks. Because uh, uh, I would like to, if I can, just read off a little bit of uh, trivia before we wrap up. Oh, sweet. Hell yeah, man. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so uh, I'm over on the IMDb. So anybody that wants to check it out, you can go to the IMDb page and check out the trivia on there. Um, so Stephanie Beatrice, uh, who uh, plays uh, Mirabel. Uh, she was originally going to be offered the role of Luisa. However, when production met with her, they realized she's not at all like the signature uh, role, uh, her signature role of Rosa Diaz in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but is much more bubbly, so they offered her the part of Mirabel instead. Oh, nice. Aw, bubbly little Mirabel. It's um, nice to know that the actress can act in a role so well that people think that's who she is. And then when I meet her and realize she's not that person, they're like, we've got to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's cool. If anything were to happen to me to Belle, I would kill everyone in this room and then myself. Exactly! <laughs> um, the, the directors, uh, Byron Howard and Jared Bush, along with Lin-Manuel Miranda and a few key members of production, uh, actually took an extensive trip to Colombia to immerse themselves in the culture when writing uh, the movie. Uh, oh, yeah. They were actually going to take a second trip, but that was when the uh, panorama hit, and um, <laughs> so they couldn't make another trip out there. I Me. mentioned uh, Bruno was originally going to be named Oscar, but then they changed that. Uh, we talked about a musical Madrigal that goes along with we don't talk about Bruno. 
Oh, this was interesting. Unlike yes. most other Disney animated features, there was a deliberate attempt for the lead character to not have a comical sidekick. And I think that was a good idea because one, some comical sidekicks work better than others. Um, Look at you, Mushu. Mushu. I loved Mushu. Okay, Mushu was great. I didn't say he didn't work. I'm just saying we're looking at you for an example. <laughs> he he is a comical sidekick, um, but I also think because of such the large cast of very well fleshed out characters, a comical sidekick would kind of. Kind of muddy the waters a little bit. Yeah, agreed. That would have been too busy. I mean, even Moana had that like pants chicken. chicken that hey hey <laughs> hey hey. Does Pua count? Because Pua wasn't really there for most of the movie, but she dearly loved Pua. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still gonna say hey hey. That goddamn chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I I hate that chicken. Uh, <laughs> there's a fat Albert joke in there somewhere, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> All you need is one more hey. Yeah, true. Peterbell <laughs> uh, dances her own way, literally to her own beat when singing alone. But during the other Madrigal songs, she does her best to learn and match their rhythms and dance, quote, languages. A physical, symbolic representation of her empathetic nature and her desire for better communication with her family. Don't don't make this movie don't make this movie deeper than it already is. It's super deep. Uh, don't 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 bro, tell me bro, that we, they've bro, got bro, a whole bro, bunch bro, of bro, other great bro. trivia like that. We right. spent the last two hours talking about how actually deep this movie is, <laughs> and how like deeply relatable it is, like yeah. to almost an unhealthy extent to some people. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the yeah, so Latino... why are you complaining about it being deep then? <laughs> if you're agreeing with me, <laughs> you're gonna make me feel bad about not sending you to the shadow realm. Am so I? You can go Am... again later. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can banish me later. You can. You can banish him later. Uh, most I of the bet. Latin voices are from Colombian-born or Colombian descent actors, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. They got a lot of Colombians to be in this. Yeah, they got actual Colombians. Um, which is interesting because it was it, it made me think about like um, Mulan, the good one. Uh, about, yeah. The good one. Yeah, you know the good one. The animated <laughs> one, as yeah. opposed to the live action one, which was horrible. It's How, all, I didn't even watch a whole bunch of other adjectives that I'm not even going to fit. They're going to. They got her chi powers. I'm just saying. Like Jackie you Chan said you weren't going to go into it, and then you go into it, Will. No, they shouldn't have talked to that old. I'm done. I'm sorry. You're all like, I'm not going to go into it. And I'm like, cool, we're going to move on. And then you go into it? No. Come on, William. do it, proceeds to do it. (laughs) William Keith Holland. (laughs) How dare you use his Christian name? (laughs) (laughs) Man, how dare you? But going back to the uh, the animated Mulan, they went out of their way to make sure to get Asian actors for the roles. They didn't have enough Chinese-American actors for them. They got as many as they could, mm-hmm. but uh, they got supplemented with other Asian-American actors, including but not limited hey. to Pat Morita, Mr. Miyagi himself being the emperor mm-hmm. in that one. Mr. Miyagi. Pat Morita, hey. of course, is of Japanese descent, not Chinese, but, you know. They they tried their best, and I think that's what counts. And they did that with Encanto as well. Tried to get a lot of uh, Colombian, 
born actors. Alan Tudyk is also in there for some reason, but you know, Alan Tudyk is allowed to be in whatever movie he, he's in. <laughs> I yep, I second. He's allowed to be in whatever movie he's in. Is he the voice of the toucan? Yes, he's the toucan. Okay. Yes, he is the toucan. <laughs> Not to be confused with toucan Sam, just a regular toucan. Yeah, just the regular toucan that Antonio has. There's no cereal that follows him. There's no trail. That would explain, that would explain why during the middle of that little boy's uh, ceremony when he's learning to speak to the animals and stuff, that would explain why that toucan walked up and said, Hey, man, hey, how, how's it going? It's me. It, it's <laughs> just a regular toucan. <laughs> Are you like a novelty toucan? No. No, I'm just a regular just a toucan. toucan. <laughs> just, just a toucan. Anyway, you want to go like hang out with the other animals? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's always going to be hard for me to to take my mind away when it comes to Alan Tudyk from being King Candy in Wreck It Ralph. Oh yeah. Oh, King Candy. Patrick, no, no, that's an evil character, but such a great character. Now yeah. imagine that tiny little toucan just all of a sudden morphing into the giant King Candy spider we see at the end of the movie. <laughs> and if you don't want to have King Candy in your mind, he was also K2SO in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would rather have King Candy, thank you. Th- rather than K2SO? Yes. What? Okay, I think you need to go to the show. Right? <laughs> all right, I'll banish myself. <laughs> Now, this is getting to the Patton Oswalt filibuster moment here from uh, Parks and Rec. We're not careful. We're just crossover and all sorts of different stuff. What uh, what else did you find? I'm going. This is the first musical musical film composed by Lin-Manuel Miranda in which he himself does not perform any of the music, either as an on-screen performer, as he did in In the Heights, or as an off-screen voiceover, as in Moana and Vivo. Yeah. So this Vivo was, was first great, by the way. Yeah, he was. Hold on, he was like he was a voice in Moana. Yeah, that song. Um, uh, we set a course to find a brand new island everywhere we roll. That, that was one. him. He... Yeah, that was him. Oh, uh, so he actually sang in uh, "We Know the Way." Yes, that oh, is the song okay. that he was singing in. Because they had somebody performing in Maori at first, but yeah. then they had him switch in with it to cover the rest of the song. That's pretty yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And he was the monkey in Vivo. And he did a good job in Vivo. So go watch <laughs> Vivo. Vivo is good. <laughs> I just sit good there with monkey. a little smug. I just sit there with a tiny little smug look on my face holding the Vivo monkey. Vivo was the one good. that was on Netflix, right? Yeah, Vivo's the Netflix movie. Gotcha, go, okay. Go watch Vivo. Vivo is good. Music is good. Vivo, good. <laughs> uh, so Pepe, Peppa's family, uh, so that's Felix, Dolores, Camilo, and Antonio, wear primarily uh, warm colors, yellow, orange, and red. Julieta's family, Agustin, Isabella, Luisa, and Mirabel, primarily wear cool colors, blue, green, and purple. I did notice that. I'm now running through all the character designs in my head. Holy smokes, you're right. <laughs> I have these designs memorized. Yes. Um, oh, that's cool. Once we Good get done with the trivia designs. moment, I do have a question as a wrap-up question. So sure. Go right ahead. Well, are you done with when the trivia? I didn't want to interrupt the trivia. Yeah. Trivia. 
given his shape-shifting ability, Camilo's uh, name serves as a parody for Chameleon. Chameleon serve as Camilo's personal iconography, evident as the chameleons on his clothes, door, and Mirabel's dress. Camilo is also named after Camilo Gar- Garcia Escobar, who was the Encanto staff's tour guide in Colombia. Oh, cool. Oh, that's one way to remember people. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Disney. Very cool. So I'm not going to name all of the actors because they have very complicated names. Uh, very but complicated the actor, Spanish names. The actors for Abuela Alma, Felix, Julieta, Peppa, and Mariano all reprised their roles in the Spanish language dub of the movie. Wow. And yeah. Cool. The, I noticed that the the lady that played Julieta also dubbed uh, for her character in Italian. Whoa! Three? Nice. Jesus Christ! Wow. Yeah. Well, flexing much? Well, I mean, yeah. no, because Vin Diesel did what all the different voices for I Am Groot at, at a course of like nine or ten different language tracks. But of course, he was just doing that for I Am Groot, so that doesn't feel as big of a flex. I was gonna say, bro, that's not even the same. Yeah, that's not even close to the same kind of flex. That's it's just the same line over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. with like Uh, a one-word variation at the end of the movie. How is it a flex? Three different languages entirely. Well, not entirely because Italian and Spanish are kind of similar, but three different languages. Yep, that is impressive. Good on you, Julieta. Yes. Jingles, there's a trivia fact I'd like to read. Did you have it read yet, if that's okay? Uh, yeah, I'm going through, but if if you want to jump in. There's just one I want to jump in on. In the song, Surface Pressure, okay, when Luciana Lisa sings about the ship that doesn't, that doesn't swerve, the donkeys are playing violins in the background, spoofing a scene from Titanic in 1997. Yeah. The scene from the movie is based on real-life events. When they realized the ship was going down, the RMS Titanic's musicians gathered in the front deck and played music in an effort to calm passengers while crew tried to load them in the lifeboats. They continued playing as the ship sank, offering solace to the very last moment they could. All perished in the disaster. Yeah, I, I, I actually purposely skipped that one because it's kind of a bummer. Oh. It just has to do with oh the the donkeys played violins in the background. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but hey, there I guess I just happened to pick. Yep, I just happened to pick the one that he wasn't going to read. So okay, that works. Um, here we have originally Peppa's gift was uh, to be indestructible, but since it Jesus, was too, but since it was too similar to Luisa's strength, it was changed to emotion affects the weather. She is also the only Madrigal with fair skin and red hair. Because I just like to say, there are I just some like Latinos to, like that. Yeah. And I would just like to say, for the record, the only Disney character who should control the weather is Pudge the Fish. So, you know, I'm just going to put that out there. Anyway, go ahead. Pudge the Fish. You just Pudge the Fish controls the weather. To always hook him up with a peanut butter sandwich. Peanut butter sandwich, yes. And you can't ever yes. feed him tuna. You can't ever feed him oh, tuna right. because. That's cannibalism. Tuna is fish. Yeah, yeah I, I was like, what are you he's gonna know. About? Oh, that's right. I love Lilo and Stitch. Stitch is my comfort character. I have like so three whenever, different plushies of him. Whenever, whenever I hear people talk about, you know, something controlling the weather, I always think back to Push the Fish. 
<laughs> Pudge. Uh, I got two more. Uh, the rest of these are, are just kind of like deep production stuff that I don't find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a fun one. Stephanie Beatrice, who is Mirabel, uh, has been a longtime Disney fan. In fact, her bachelorette party was held at Disneyland. Nice. Oh. nice that's how you do it that's how you do it mm-hmm. oh that's oh that's great i want to hold my bachelor party at I disney i don't even care i don't even like f- like particularly feel this way about myself but i would be down to have my bachelor party at disney if they would if they were gonna treat me like a princess yeah. It's Disney. Yeah. I don't care if you're going to get treated like a prince or a princess or just a normal person. I want to go to Disney. Mm, Disney. And if my <laughs> excuse to go to Disney is just I'm holding a party there, I'm going to go to Disney. Yeah, for sure. No, we got to go to Disney. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, business trip. Or, you know, put it on the business card. <laughs> or, you know, hold your bachelor party in Osaka, Japan. Yeah. Uh for oh. one reason or another, glances uh, over an escape uh. room. <laughs> so, you're like, uh. Uh, yeah, those sweats and looks over at Galaxy's Edge. Mm. <laughs> Star Wars land. Mm. So, Star Wars. Mm. I, yeah. I just thought of another off, off topic for just one second. Yes. <laughs> Imagine yes. holding your bachelor or bachelorette party at the Mario theme park in Japan. Mm. Mm. That Super would be Nintendo so cool. Nintendo land. Super Nintendo Land, yes! I want to. Oh, go the Pokemon Cafe. Mm. Okay, forget <laughs> Nintendo Land. Pokemon. I want to I go eat a Pokemon. Thank you. Mm, no, I'm holding my party at freaking Pokemon we Land. Gotta be careful. If we throw out any more stuff for Beano, it sounds like that she's about to condense into a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I've already become a Magikarp. What do you want from me? I've become a Magikarp. I've become a Gyarados. I've become a Wookiee. In like the past 10, 20 minutes, what else do you need from me, sir? I need you to shine bright like a diamond. Stop! Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. That's the third one! Okay, I don't know my, my bad. It's the my fourth bad. one. What's, uh, what's the next fact, bro? Okay, the final fact that I want to read, yes. uh, which I think will make, uh, will, will, will fire off Bino's neurons. Mm. Um. Stephanie Beatrice, who played Mirabelle, and Olga yes. Meredith, who does the singing voice for Abuela, mm-hmm. uh, previously appeared in In the Heights, um, which, is, as we all know, was also another Lin-Manuel Miranda joint. Yep. Uh, that they also played as daughter and mother in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which Aww. Miranda also had a guest spot in. Wow. Now I need to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> A lot of people say you should watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine anyway because it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've never but watched it, though. That was the... Uh, the there's other... If, if you guys ever want, go ahead and like breeze through that because it's, it's got a lot of cool info. But that was some of the stuff I wanted to point out. Uh, aside from, the obviously, the stuff that I had already pointed out while we were recording anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, well... Can we all just agree, by the way... That if we have bachelor or bachelorette parties wherever, that we need to make sure we have a tray of Delarosa candies available yes. for everybody. Yes. Okay. So here's my question. Uh, first, with the trivia as well, uh, Minibel is the first yes. quote Disney princess to wear glasses. Mm-hmm. So here's the question: 
would you technically, since he's, quote, the main character, would you technically have her as the Disney princess, or would you just have the whole sisterhood as Disney princesses? Because I think in all artists, I, I, it, it's kind of hard to just do, um, to have her and not have the other sisters. Um, for me, it's really difficult to um, assign any Disney character as a Disney princess without them having some sort of like impressive lineage. And we don't really know Mirabel's lineage. We know that her family escaped some kind of persecution or danger, possibly the Thousand Days War from Colombia. Um, and so, I, I, I like th some people will assign princess to people that I don't think are princesses, like Mulan. Like people will try to say, "Oh, Mulan." She's a Disney princess. I was like, she's not a princess. She is a Disney, though. Um, Doesn't she get in with the Disney princesses, though? I mean, she gets put in with the Disney princesses, but it's something that I'm like, I don't really agree with that. Like, I mean, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. Rapunzel's a princess. I mean, like, like what just... qualifies somebody as a Disney princess? Yeah, there's a lot of different arguments as to what does and what doesn't count. Right, because me personally... All of the Disney princesses do not fall under the guideline that their father was a king and their mother was a queen, and then they become princesses as a result of that. So, yeah. yeah. Me, personally, I don't think Mirabelle qualifies as a Disney princess. I don't know. She just doesn't seem like the type that is, like, royal in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. she's just this girl that's in a family that doesn't have magic and she's just kind of like she's like a realistic optimist who is trying her best to do her best in a family where everyone's best is always going to be better than hers mm. oh there's two other pieces of trivia that I just remembered that I wanted to <gasps> oh boy here we go Alrighty. no they're quick and then we'll uh, right. sure. out on those sure yeah, well, yes. yeah because oh, okay. um Originally, Lin-Manuel Miranda, they, when they were writing the script for this, they wanted it, her to be a Latin American uh, actual princess. Mm -hmm. But then that changed for the, more of this fam personal family dynamic yeah. to it. Yeah. So I even like them themselves the were yeah. like, technically, she's not like a Disney princess. Yeah. So um, Yeah, so no, she's not a Disney princess. And for me, like when it comes to the title of Disney princess, so... I'm pretty sure in the greater scope of things, it's more of an honorary title. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's just gifted out to female characters that are either the lead or they play an extremely pivotal role in the narrative of that story. And yeah. sometimes they're technically, they're legitimately a princess or they're just the person that we follow through. In this case, Mulan. I still consider Mulan a Disney princess because of her significance in the story. And she is significant. Mm. But I don't consider her a Disney princess because On a she's, technical level, no. She's very technically not a princess. Yeah, totally get it. Um, so the final piece of trivia that yes. I also wanted to bring up is something that I know will make Will very happy because it's going to fire off Will's neurons. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's neurons are getting fired today. <laughs> um, is that Lynn... 
uh, really wanted uh, Encanto to like very obviously take place in the same world and universe as Moana. Um, but he, oh, wow. he, he couldn't get the, um, like the, the, all the okays to make the overt references to Moana, mm-hmm. but there are two different, um, two different subtle things that kind of sort of connect it, but it can be argued away as not, not yeah. being actually but um, Lynn's intention was to connect these two stories. Yeah. Yes. That's what he that's what that he was his intention. Well, connect the worlds, not the stories, but the worlds yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so they take place in the same universe. Yeah. The same universe. Oh, the that's, same universe. It's Scene. So Brenda's so lucky because she grows up in this era of dominated Marvel MCU. Back in my day, oh my god! Here we go. You had what a do you have for me this time, Gramps? What story are you going to tell me this time? Well, the oh first my. thing I need you to do is to bring me my prune juice. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <I'm going> back. <laughs> I, I found. I found the two subtle hints. Oh, yeah? So during surface pressure, Louisa surfs on an ocean wave to the shore of a tropical island with foliage resembling Motunui. Okay. Nice. Uh, And there's also a drawing taped over Mirabel's uh, sewing table of a butterfly floating over an active island volcano. Either of those could be anywhere, however. Yeah. So it's like, oh, they, yeah. that could be anything. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm still. But Lynn's like, intention we... was to make it seem like those two worlds were, in fact, interconnected. Yeah. 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 So we were basically just going to build up to the big Disney princess crossover. Yes. Eventually. Go. I mean, that wow. just feels like unused. That just feels like money that Disney has not collected yet. Yes. I mean, they did uh, it in Record Ralph, and that was pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if you're gonna make them Disney princesses, I just feel like you make all the females Disney princesses, and then you bring in Bruno as an official, as the first official Disney prince. There is already Disney princes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's prince Charming, it, Prince Philip, Prince Charming. Exactly. Yeah, bring him nobody in cares it. about them. Not <laughs> no, nobody cares. What are you talking about? No. Derek was hashtag best boy. Nobody cares. <laughs> Bino can't see my face, but I'm going. <laughs> We could even bring in. We could, could we could even bring in the newest uh, part of the Magic Owl family with his control of animals and such. We're making a, Antonio. He's Antonio. a child. He can still be. You can prince. still be a prince and be a child. Be, don't forget, Sophia the first is like he's an not infant. a prince. I don't consider any of the Madrigals like yeah, royalty I material. I don't consider them royalty either. So this is fun, though. It is fun. Uh, uh, hell fun. yeah! This is like one of our longest episodes, I think. We had a lot to talk about. Would abuela? Would abuela? Would abuela be the no. queen in that case? No, definitely not. If that no. was the case, then yes, but she's not a queen, so no. She no. doesn't even act like one. My, I love, I love us going. It's like, well, they're not royalty. Yeah, but if they were royalty, would they be that? They're not royalty, Will. They're, no. <laughs> but what if? No, well, no, no. Shut up. No more what ifs. <laughs> We've been recording for an hour or two hours and yeah, a half. Fair enough. Fair We've enough. been recording for, we just passed the three hour mark. Three hours? I came in right around four of my time. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be accurate. 
I'm sorry you have to edit this much. Well, we're going to end it on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody has spoken on their Disney princess one way or the other thing. Uh, just going to end with one more factoid that I remembered reading as I was going through. So apparently they made a point to put in the, when we see Bruno with the boot, with the plant in it. Yeah. Oh, that was Wally. a direct reference from Wally. Mm. Yep. Oh, cool. So they did it for us that. So, yep. That uh, Bruno, and they determined that Bruno was able to see enough into the future to know that that plant would be needed someday. So he grew it in his deal to where it would not be smashed or anything. So it would survive to the point where Wada would find it later. Wow. So, time after time is a really strong stand. Stop. No weaknesses. <laughs> I'll be around about. Anyway. <laughs> So we slowly cue the roundabout music as the episode comes to a close. All right, we'll take us out, bro. Yes, thank you, everybody, for being on the show. Say goodbye to the people, everybody, real quick. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Do not forget the really important thing. Uh-oh, what's that thing? What's that oh, thing we don't need to forget? We're gone. Oh, he, he faded away. Remember, okay. don't forget the important thing. Did you get that thing I sent you? Anyway, <laughs> uh, listen, guys, thank you again for everything. appreciate you being on the show with me. And also to those who are listening, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, please consider supporting the show by going to the uh, uh, channel subscription option where you can get additional shows uh, behind the paywall where we talk about all sorts of things like eventually we're going to talk about Black Dynamite, we're going to talk about Boondocks we're going to talk about a lot of really cool uh, cartoons and pop culture things that are a little bit harder edged a little bit more than PG-13 type stuff on the thing so uh, please consider supporting that for $1.99 a month you can support that and greatly appreciate getting the subscriptions up, thank you for that and more than anything, guys. Be blessed to be a blessing to somebody. Take care, guys.